Me, 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 me. Yes, how are you? <laughs> I'm not too bad. I was just in the dick quiz and I was like, let me switch over. <laughs> Time to talk. <laughs> how are you doing, babe? Oh, not too bad. First day back in school. So I'm absolutely knackered, but I've been looking forward to this. So I'm ready. Yes. I didn't even, I thought I'm you, because you were a teacher, I thought you were already in school like from weeks ago. Was it a little bit different yes. for your situation? Yeah, we had the three weeks break. So we, because mm-hmm. I'm a, a, well, a, a prep school, private school, I had, um, a week off sort of earlier than everybody else and then they had like two weeks your normal two weeks off and then mm-hmm. I went back today so I'm fully in back to work until May when we've got our half term and then that'll be it then for the rest of the year I can't wait for that lovely break at the end <laughs> I mean how long oh, was your lovely. break before? Um, so this is my first year teaching in England so uh, we had three weeks off, um, and the majority of that though is where like I spent doing like coursework for uni. So mm-hmm. I've not really had much of a break except for my birthday and like going to see people. But I would have liked to have just sat down on the couch and just ignored my phone for the day. <laughs> but I didn't do that. And instead, I've gone back and I'm like, I am so exhausted. Um, so Listen, obviously, I want to ask you a, a very serious, important question. Oh, gosh. How, oh, is, right. okay, I'm ready. how is that only grey pew of yours? <laughs> this is going on Spotify, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Oh dear God! It was removed. <laughs> oh my God! Did I just bring this up? It's totally going on Spotify, and I've shared this on my Instagram. Because any family members listening, I'm so sorry. Um, Jesus still loves me. I'll pray. Um, yeah, grey pube has gone. Although I've now found a grey eyebrow, so that had to come out. But it was it was white, and obviously I'm just fluttered with a load of grey hair anyway, like in my actual head. Um, but obviously I've not necessarily had the best look down there. Obviously, you know, it has its shower moment, but I'm not observantly looking for grey pubes. Um, my, um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm now talking about my grey pubes on uh, stereo. Oh my God. I'm just going to be known as, a, as, as a black girl with a grey pube. Um, oh my I God. Just, okay. I was basically thinking you're going to just say it's gone. That's it. I wasn't looking for an explanation, you know. But word vomit, and because I decided not to have tea, because I thought, you know what, like, if I have tea, I'm going to stay awake. I was like, I'll just have, like, a cider. So now you've got word vomit, Gabby, so be prepared. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you the most important question, which you already revealed. What tea or beverage of choice have you chosen for this discussion tonight? Well, I did think about tea, but I have gone and I went to Tesco to get myself my granddad's present for his birthday tomorrow. And I saw some alcohol in the alcoholic section. Um, So I got myself some pineapple and raspberry old moot or mout cider, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, So that is what I'm drinking this evening. I say I'm going posh. I'm not really that posh. It was eight pounds with the Tesco club card. Um, (laughs) If anyone's at Tesco. (laughs) Now I'm selling for Tesco. (laughs) Good old Tesco's. 
Every little bit counts, you know. Every little bit counts. Even that great cube that made me feel ten times older. Thank you. I want to ask you because I usually ask all my guests this question. I'm I'm sure you're gonna. I know the obvious, but have you seen um, previous tea time episodes? Are you aware of what you're gonna get into today? I am. So I did see, although he's now changed his name, I did see Mr. Bombastics um, Tea Time. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I've seen Really Lindens and I've seen Pyros. Um, oh. I think you did one with Ava, but I might be mixing it up with another show. Um, so yeah, I yes, did one I've with Ava a very long time ago. Yeah, so I think I, I think I remember seeing that one. Um, so yes, I'm I'm aware of um, the interrogation, um, similar to <laughs> AC12 on Line of Duty. I am totally ready. Yes. And totally just to give a heads up to everyone listening, as well as those listening on Spotify when this comes out, um, trigger warning: this is a, a very deep discussion um, when it comes to tea time. And for anyone listening for the first time, welcome. This is Tea Time with Paula Pereira. Uh, my extra special guest is none other than the absolute fabulous Jazz Keys, everyone. Yes. FYI, I'm a one person soundboard, so you have to get used to that, darling. That's fine. That's fine. I'm still waiting for this sound to appear that you put in Ava's, um, or oh, well, the Boho's uh, quiz the other week. Um, so I'm still waiting for this sound. that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I thought you would never ask, you know. <laughs> oh, of course I would ask. It's such a beautiful sound. <laughs> there you go. One more. Just to be it's safe. Just- <laughs> It's a beautiful. Actually, I'm gonna gonna give you a lovely um bit of news there. So the the chord that you're playing is a uh, very dissonant chord. Um, I just you know go musically there. Um, so yeah, it's called a diminished chord. So that's why it sounds very. Oh. <gasps> I've got a lovely diminished <laughs> chord. I'm not sure which one because I'm not trying to figure it out, but it is a diminished chord. I like to think, even though this is from Metal Gear Solid, I like to think it's like the extreme gay gasp. It's like. <gasps> I feel like if there was going to be like a a Christmas sort of like you know um, Scrooge sort of film, like obviously Mm -hmm. sort of like the the part which was sort of like really grumpy, they'd play that sound as he enters. That's what I think it would be. (laughs) Okay, before we get into your next question and as well as the topics, let's see what these guys are saying. Yeah. What's up, Jazz? What is up, Paolo? What's up, you guys? Yo. Welcome, Dabs. Hold on, hold on. I was taking notes, and I wrote down that Jazz had one gray pube, but then she said it's removed, (laughs) so now I'm scratching it out because it was in pen and not pencil. So what, we're down to zero again on that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh my god, I'm like, we're, we're never, we'll never mention it again, apart from those who are going to listen to this on Spotify after, you know? <laughs> see me on Instagram and go, oh my god, she's the girl with the grey pube. Um, you know, sort of like the girl with the tattoo. It's the girl with the pube. That's what it's actually turned into after she's aged like 60 years. <laughs> 
just a reminder for those listening, don't be afraid to give us a follow. Give a follow to myself, Paolo Pereira, and give a follow to Jazz Keys. We're absolutely fabulous. We're the hottest shit around stereo right now. And don't forget to add us on social media. We have our um, social medias activated on our profiles. So give us some love because you know why? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because we're spicy, honey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have another message from Jazz. <laughs> Bites of stereo, the same uh -huh. and the ones the only jazz keys. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're both okay. I'm totally oh, here man. for this conversation. Gabby, I absolutely fucking love your hair and your avatar. Paolo, you are giving me life and spice and joy and ooh, all the right vibes. Anyway, I love you both very much, and I am totally here. Uh, I am enjoying a cup of tea, and can't wait to get into it. So let's go. No, I can't wait. I thought for I'd do my hair for tea time. I thought I'd get it all scrumped up and made sure it was all nice and, and pretty. So this is especially. I noticed for tea time. you was there. I love how people come and like prepare themselves for tea time. They make an effort, and I'm just like thinking, child. I'm just a homosexual in my bedroom just talking to you right now. There's nothing <laughs> special about this, bitch. <laughs> Collect yourself, Sorry. honey. Collect yourself. I was drinking the cider and then I was like, I was not expecting you to say that. I'm a homosexual in my bedroom. Oh, love it. <laughs> I love that. You, you, oh, you got it to a T. I'm impressed. I love it. Okay. I love it. Okay, we have one from Evan. Um, yeah. Just tuning in. And the hey. first thing I hear is grey pubes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should have invented that shit to be honest. <laughs> I'm just gonna change my name now. Let's just I'm just gonna change it to Grey Pube. Just I might as well. What's, what, what is life? Like listen, you imagine that because that, that's listen. When it comes to um, when it comes to hysteria, when you mention gray pube on a voice note, honey, that shit spreads like wildfire, honey. Okay, I know. <laughs> I didn't think it would, but now everybody is is like, oh my god, did you hear Gabby talk, talked about her, like her gray pube on her thirtieth birthday? And now I'm like, I've generally just changed my name to gray pube. I just feel like. That's what my name is now. So it's not even Jazz Keys. It's not Tea Time with Jazz Keys anymore. It's Tea Time with Grey Pube. That's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's it. At least the Grey Pube is not that bad. I went to um, Ava and I asked her, so how was that diarrhea at the pub, babes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I feel like diarrhea at the pub is a little bit more like console it like I kind of feel like most people have gone through that but I feel like at 30 not everyone's looking down and going oh grey pube but I don't know I'm not if, if there's any other 30 plus year olds or, or 29 year olds who are looking down and going oh my god I've got a grey pube please get in contact with me I need counselling I need support um thank you <laughs> Okay, let's get into this. So just a reminder for those listening for the first time, welcome. This is Tea Time. My extra special guest is none other than Jazz Keys herself, the absolute fabulous one. And 
if you don't know what tea time is, it's basically getting to know my special guest tonight, who they are, how they are. And yeah, Jazz Keys and everyone listening, are you ready for your tea time experience? I am so ready. Woo! Okay, so based on who you are as you are today, your first subject in tea time is a person of influence and admiration. And your chosen choices is uh-huh. it is well obviously as i obviously messaged you yesterday i went <gasps> i don't know who to choose so my person of influence or people of influence are my grandparents they are absolutely awesome yeah. um and then also with that is is god i am a christian woman um and yeah i think it's gonna be a mixture of both as i sort of like start to talk about them but yeah they, mm-hmm. they are my greatest influences so let's get into the first one why are your grandparents so my grandparents um are part of the windrush generation and they came over from jamaica to the uk and settled and actually speaking with them and getting to know them for who they are um you know, my granddad very much wanted to come over to England and really struggled to sort of get a job. And he actually came over to the UK as a musician uh, to work in church. And obviously, my name is Jazz Keys. I am a musician. And that's definitely been, um, if anything, sort of been supported by my bloodline. Um, you know, mm. my gran- my granddad, um, he plays anything you give to him like you know it, I, I gave him a ukulele last week and I was like granddad here we go here's Aww. this and he was like what is this and I'm like it's called a ukulele he was like <laughs> well um what do I do with it I went, well for good starts it's 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 an instrument so maybe play it that'd be a good start you know being sarcastic <laughs> and he just wanted to whack me around the head with the ukulele um as I was being you know quite um sarcastic oh you think you're talking to I was like sorry I'm just joking with you I love you really <laughs> and um you know sort of just just jesting around with, as we do and I I kind of got him to play it and um, he was trying to figure out all the notes and I could see my nan just looking at me going, do you actually love me or what? And I could see that my nan was just getting more infuriated, the fact that I'd given my granddad this high, tinny sounded guitar that he would not stop playing. And then he was sat mm-hmm. there trying to sing like Christian sort of tunes to it, like Amazing Grace. And my nan was furious. Um, and even as a Christie woman, even she was fed up at this point. She was like, no, I'm not dealing with this today. Um, and bless her, it was her birthday as well. And granddad was doing nothing to support the fact that she could, he could clearly see that his wife was frustrated at the fact that he couldn't play the ukulele. Um, so Aww. I just left it there for a week. And uh, he, um, yeah, that, that ukulele got played once and once only during that week. That was very much my granddad putting... Um, my grandma putting her foot down and going, you're not playing that guitar in this house again. So that was that. But in terms of sort of like, you know, the coming over as musicians, again, he's, he's put his hands on anything. He plays anything. And my grandma shortly pretty much came after that. And they got married here. They had their children here and settled in London, came up. And um, obviously mums met dad at a lovely Christian camp. And here I've, I've arrived but actually in terms of their story and who they are as people they've very much looked after me as a parental figure and mm-hmm. as well as obviously me having my you know my mum and dad and and they're great they're amazing 
Um, I've really just bonded with them. Like, you know, my nana's always said, the only thing I never did was give birth to you. Apart from that, you're my child. Like, you know, she, she really just seen me as a child. And even my mm-hmm. granddad, like, I've got a very fatherly collection with him. Um, so I do, I just love them extraordinarily. They're just absolutely awesome in terms of how they've given me some great advice, um, in terms of just seeing a healthy marriage. Like, I've never seen something so healthy where, like, I look at them after nearly, nearly 60 years, nearly, of marriage. And, you know, wow, the, the worst that they call years. each other is... Yes, yeah, 60 years. So when the Queen was saying the other day, 73 years, I was like, yeah, that's very close to my nan and grand. Not obviously a couple of ten, well, 10 years off nearly, but like mm-hmm. for 60 years of marriage, you don't see that these days. Like we are a, we are a generation of people where like, if we just want to get out of something with, sometimes we don't necessarily try and look to try and salvage it. It's just like, you know, it's finished, it's done. And I'm not saying that for those who have obviously gone through a horrible relationship or anything like that. I'm just, speaking very openly in that when it comes to marriages and and divorce rate it you know factually it's it is a lot higher for for our generation and you know very much if you know thoughts for their generation if there was something wrong then they would do everything to try and fix it because there was just this obvious shame of oh you've had to get a divorce or you can't figure it out but even with all of that my nan and granddad like the worst that they call each other is silly sausage um and it's just the cutest thing ever with them just trying to argue and you know my (laughs) nan trying to correct my granddad going that's not how you spell that um for scrabble my granddad's doing it in patchwa and um bless it it's it's just the funniest thing ever just just watching them and you know they, they love playing dominoes and they've got me into dominoes and scrabble and even mm-hmm. just sitting there and praying with them like i genuinely feel this spiritual connection um which if anything to be honest has definitely been supported more by how i see how they've used prayer in their own life mm-hmm. um so they've just been awesome that they've looked after me in times where i've not been able to speak to my mom or dad or anybody else um or if i've needed some sort of safeguarding or safekeeping then I've stayed with them. They've been an absolutely incredible unit, amazing people, um, fantastic leadership, fantastic sort of maternal and paternal figure. Um, Mm -hmm. They're just just awesome. I I can't find any other words to describe how they are as people, but they just, if, if they even saw you, they would invite you in. There'd be no way that you could enter my nan's house or my grandma's house or my or my granddad's house without leaving with either a plate of something or something that she's got out the cellar, even if you don't eat it, like it or want it. Um, <laughs> I literally tried to leave the house. This is last week where mm-hmm. I dropped off birthday cake for... Uh, my auntie my grandma and my granddad and I'm like oh my gosh I'm getting to leave empty Hampton this is fantastic and then I realized she had obviously snuck in some um some sort of like Jamaican treats and and a mango she was like here have a mango and I'm like right Nan, I could go and buy a mango from Morrison's if I wanted a mango but she specifically Mm -hmm. went no you must take this she will not let me leave the house empty-handed it's like an actual like threat to her that you've left the house empty-handed. She's just, she's can I just great. Can so. I just pause you because this is so my life because every time I I go and visit my mom because my mom is Portuguese and this is what Portuguese mothers does um, do, by the way. Yeah. 
They yeah. do not allow you to leave their houses without taking shit from them. So if you yeah. don't leave the house with a meal that they've cooked or <laughs> at least a treat or some shit like that, they're gonna be yeah. like, "Why are you? Why are you disappointing me in 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 my yeah. life? Why are you doing this to me?" Yeah. And I'm just, I always feel guilty, and I'm just like thinking, "Mom, I have food in my house. You don't have to feed me." <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, Nana, don't eat this anymore. I've made you some Aki and Saltfish, Nana. I've just, I've kind of gone off it uh, at the moment. I'm really sorry. What do you mean you've gone off Aki and Saltfish? Are you not eating again? Why have you not eaten? Have you had breakfast? I've made you some food. <laughs> I, like, seriously, like, what is it with, I don't know what it is, but especially for the Caribbean culture and anyone who's listening, and especially probably even the African culture as well, and you've obviously said Portuguese, but it is physically impossible to leave a Caribbean, African, or clearly Portuguese household without food being offered. Um, like, mm-hmm. I dropped something off, and she's like, take a can out of the cellar. Nan, I've got a drink in the car. Take a can out of the cellar. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I will take a can. It's as if she's putting you in like, point. <laughs> like, literally, she's like, go and get a Jamaican ginger beer. Like, Nan, I'm not really in the mood for ginger beer. Go and get a ginger beer. Okay, yes, Nan, sorry. I, I can't <laughs> believe I just argued with you. That was terrible of me to do that. Such, such a, why would I, why would I, you know, decide not to take a drink when you've clearly offered it um okay sorry yes i will take it now my bad um so they are they're just they're just amazing people and um just just their i think just their stance on life like even if it's been really old school in in their approach so you know i know we'll talk a lot about sort of probably the lgbt side of it soon um i want to ask you was it i want to ask you another question does your Does your grandmother know how to make a mean oxtail or goat curry with some rice and peas? Because, oh. honey, that is my jam, honey. Right. She is... So, we don't, I don't eat beef in my family. She does do oxtail. Um, and weirdly, it's very strange. It's the only bit of, like, I say beef in that sense, in terms of, like, oxtail. Um, it's the only bit that my granddad will ever eat. But if you gave him, for example, a steak, he won't eat it because he's doesn't eat beef he doesn't eat pork in terms of rastafarian culture um he mm. won't eat it but he will eat oxtail i'm like i'm sorry that makes no sense that's saying like i won't eat pork but i'll eat bacon you either don't <laughs> eat it or you eat it don't, don't give me this halfway rubbishness so like i and, and like i've decided you know to try and support my grand like i don't eat beef so i'll eat pork that's fine i'm not bothered about it but i don't eat beef oh sorry but except the occasional beef burger i'm, I'm i am generally joking i don't eat beef at all um but yeah <laughs> don't eat beef do not yeah. eat beef so um she makes though the the best goat curry and anyone can come through here and go no my nan does it better i am ch- i will literally i will bet my last pound that my nan does the best curry and rice I to go I with it you're gonna say, i will phenomenal. fight you i will fight you to prove a point <laughs> I, I i will happily hire a boxing ring and buy 18 ounce gloves and also do a goat curry eating challenge with you with the boxing gloves on to prove that this curry is a lot better I will happily do that. <laughs> I just appreciate was it? I just uh, appreciate um, Caribbean like um, cuisine because like you guys yeah. put so much flavor and so much love to the cooking that like because I'm such a foodie and um, like shall we say a food influencer for those who think that 
Um, I just would absolutely adore Jamaican cuisine. It's just amazing. They're just up, like it's just honestly awesome. Like you know, if I'm doing things like, for example, I've done um, Black History Month in school, and um, mainly because more than likely I'm also the only black teacher. So normally I will end up probably doing a lot of Caribbean food, like taster sessions for the kids. Um, mm-hmm. So I did do one in October, and I had done um, some saltfish fritters i've done some akin saltfish yeah. i've done some bun and cheese and i'd obviously done some jerk chicken now obviously you could tell the differences in the flavors and spices <laughs> of these mm-hmm. kids have never had in their life um as a predominantly um sort of white school um you know a lot of them are like miss this chicken is ridiculously spicy and i'm like nope just really well seasoned it's not spicy i purposely made sure that it wasn't spicy because i thought i'm gonna get a lot of kids going sorry i can't come in today miss i've got the runs and i thought no i'm not dealing with that um and i I was like you you better sit your backside down and try this jerk chicken i've made it for you so i've done other bits and bobs as well for those who are vegan um so i i'd done all of these like lovely things and you know a lot of the kids are oh my gosh miss this is so nice this is really lovely oh my gosh can i order more of this well it's me that's made it so um i mean you can but you need to go and get it from a restaurant because i'm going to cook it all day miss can you can you work in the canteen no i'm a music teacher um, <laughs> sorry that's not how this works um but it was just it was just lovely to see that you know a lot of um kids were just appreciating um, parts of sort of like black history in the culture and Caribbean food. I'd made some jollof mm-hmm. rice as well. Um, yeah, so I had tried to sort of integrate what I, can, what I can make, by the way. I know obviously it's not appreciating everyone's sort of like a black culture. So I do apologize for anyone else who is black and listening, um, but they're the only things that I can make. And at the time it was COVID, things were locked down. <laughs> so I'm just trying to cook Do me a favor. Do me a favor. After this tea time ends, send me your recipe of jollof rice because I want to make it again because I haven't made it shit in years. And I'm craving Jamaican food. Okay, how about this? I will swap you a Reese's brownie for the jollof rice recipe. Oh. We'll talk after this. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to give the live listeners ideas, bish. Okay, moving on. Moving on. What was your other choice of perf- a person of influence? Oh, definitely gods, um, which I think is going to be um, interesting to a lot of people because I think for a lot of people um, listening, I know um, that actually sort of being lgbt and also christian is a massive thing to sort of not necessarily comprehend because i know that there's a lot of christians with uh, you know sort of in the lgbt community um but being black lgbt and christian in in terms of that triangle it is a big thing to try and understand and for me and my relationship with god i'm not the um and I'm using this term loosely, and I hate using it. I'm not the Bible bashing approach. That's never been me. But my term, my link with Christianity and and sort of my journey with God is about me at the end of the day. And it will be the same for your journey as well in terms of uh, your journey with homosexuality and figuring out who you are. I know you were having a discussion, I think, with Finchie about um, the turn on binary as well. And it's, it's, it is, it's a journey, isn't it? Sort of like, you know, figuring out who you are. 
Um, and that's definitely been my journey with Christianity. I know I've definitely struggled with it. I've had my moments where I'm going, this mm-hmm. don't this don't make any sense. Um, and that constant, you know, need, especially as a black child in a very Pentecostal home, very much mm-hmm. forced, you know, because you're a child and you're under 16, so you can't stay at home, <laughs> very much forced to go to church and attend every Sunday and sit there and listen and thinking, I've got no idea what you're on about. And even attending children's church. And that was like, you know, we're going to teach you how to pray in tongues. I'm like, even now going, that sounds absolutely ludicrous because that's not how it works. It's 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 more of a, you know, God is give, giving you these words and then you end up with tongues. Not that someone's teaching you how to do that because it, it, anyway, it doesn't make much mm-hmm. sense to do that. But in terms so of... Would you say, sorry, before you continue, would you say you're the kind of um, Christian that has made her own rules? Like you can like be both, be part of the LGBT plus community, but as well be um, a Christian themselves? Yeah, well, in in terms of in terms of the Bible, I've I've read it um, as I was doing a PhD on Black British gospel music, and I was specifically looking at the LGBT side of it, and actually looking at um, those who are sort of atheist and how they could actually um, listen to gospel music and understand its message. So from that point, I really did have to look into what does the Bible actually say about LGBT now. A lot of people have actually got confused with a translation that was actually done way back, years back. And I've not obviously got my notes and everything in front of me now, um, but literally it was due to a mistranslation of the word can happen. And it was actually that a lot of people who sort of um, relate to Sodom and Gomorrah and they'll go, oh, but that's Sodom and Gomorrah, LGBT. And I'm like, well, actually, if you want to have a look at it, it was a very bad mistranslation of the word can happen, which actually means sort of like young young boys or, or, or sort of youth, youthful boys. Um, mm-hmm. And it was actually talking about men sleeping with boys. So it was actually talking about paedophilia. It was nothing to do with LGBT. And then they'll go back to Leviticus and they'll go, no, but it's meant to be, you know, man with, with woman. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're, let's, let's put these in context in terms of everything you're telling me about LGBT being wrong and you're using certain biblical scriptures. I'm just going to do exactly the opposite to you when it comes to, okay, well, you're wearing two different types of material. You're, <laughs> you're doing this, you're eating meat, you're, you've pierced your ears, you've got a tattoo. There was just so many things where I just thought you cannot give me certain scriptures of the Bible to argue your, your prejudice as a Christian person and then ignore everything else that you're doing. That's one thing mm-hmm. that as a Christian and it's made me really think about my Christian journey where I've gone, I don't want to be part of this culture because this is not what I signed up for. At the end of the day, for me being a Christian, is just being a good Samaritan. So it's me going out my way for others to ensure that they are okay. They're safe. They have clothes on their back, food on the table. If I have something that I can offer and I can teach it or I can educate or I can give money to or I can support someone, I will do that. That's that's my journey of being a Christian. Um, because I just think that even with all the biblical uh, support that we have obviously from from the bible from our teachings and everything that you can find online or reading other books everything is there and it's just leading back to what are you doing with your life on earth today that's what i personally feel being a christian is and you know mm. i can 
biblically sit here and go, well, Jesus has, has definitely told me, you know, uh, through through this message, I, I can't do this, you know, and there's the Ten Commandments and there's all of this. And of course, I can follow that to the best of my abilities, but we are also human and God knows that we mess up. And I'm not saying at all that being LGBT is a mess up. I'm not putting that in that sentence. So uh, for anyone listening, I'm not putting that in that sentence. What I am doing is I am saying that we have moments where we don't always make the right decision. And God forgives us. That's that's what he's there for. That's why he came down to, um, you know, to forgive us of our sins. That, that's, that's what we're here for. But in terms of the journey and who I am as a person, I want to be able to help and support anybody that comes through my door, whether they're the richest person in the world or whether they've got no clothes on their back at all. If I can help and do something um, with with the breath and, and, and the body that I have, then I will try and do that um, because that's what being a good person is. That, that, that's it, really. Yes. So realistically, you can still have a religion and still be part of the community, but don't don't believe what they and they were bashing about like this whole time. Realistically, is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, there's just I think there's just a lot of misinformation that Christians have picked up over the years because of either mistranslations or things that they've been taught similar to. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to put it again in the same light, but it's it's sort of like with racism. Racism is learnt from a young age and then it's just brewed as it mm-hmm. gets older. And it's the same with sort of misinformation from a Christian background. Some of the things that I learned in terms of um, being gay, I learned from when I was young, I was just told that was wrong. That was Sodom and Gomorrah, especially when a child had, um, actually a friend of mine had come out at school and they said, oh, I'm gay. And I went, well, well, congratulations. I'm just so ha- glad that you're happy. Like, that was the first thing that I thought. I didn't know anything Aww, to do with the fact that, yeah. you know, gay meant old day like men until I was, you know, s- still at a point where I'm going, so you're gay? And I was like, yeah, no, but Gabby, like, I'm gay. I'm like, well, I'm just glad that you're happy. Like, no, 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 Gabby, I'm gay. Like, I like men. I'm like, well, I like men too. I'm like, that's fine. That's okay. So I'm gay. I mean, I'm I'm gay. And I'm like, no, 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 Gabby, I'm gay as in, like, I want to be with a man. Like, I want to be married to a man. I'm like, oh, can you do that? Like, hopefully someday I'm like, well, kudos to you, mate. That's great. And, you know, I remember going home and I remember your family going, nope, Sodom and Gomorrah, can't do that. And it was just very much, don't hang around that boy. I'm like, well, okay. And sort of going to university, you know, I was then living next to a guy that was gay. And I remember, oh my God, really embarrassing story. I remember sort of like helping him unpack um, his clothes and stuff. And he'd obviously had certain apparatus, which again, I was obviously not... um, aware of because I was clearly a very naive girl, a uh, Christian girl, and was basically juggling around these butt plugs, unbeknownst to me that they were obviously butt plugs. Thank God they were obviously washed. <laughs> but um, I was just like, what the heck are these? Like, you know, I'm there thinking they're like makeup sponges or whatever they are. And he was like, I really suggest you put those down. I'm like, oh, what? They're really squishy. <laughs> put them down. Yeah. So um, <laughs> after like sort of explaining, going, no, I'm I'm a guy and I take it, and I'm like, take what? Take people's virginity? That like, oh, that's okay. That's fine. No, no, no. I take it as in like I like to put that stuff up my butt. The, the <laughs> instance. 
on the floor and running to go and find some antibacterial and washing my hands was instant. Um, but it wasn't because he was gay and he was putting that up his bum. I was just like, oh my God, that's been up your bum. And I don't know whether that's clean, so I'm going to go clean it. Um, but it was just <laughs> hilarious. Um, like the, He was like, if I could have recorded that moment, it was gold. It was comedy gold. And I probably should have got 200 quid from You've Been Framed because it was brilliant. Um, I'm not sure how that was. It was great. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so it was just brilliant where I just got so much knowledge from him about sort of like being gay and then obviously being with other um sort of musicians who are also gay and they're mm. like right we're going to gay town and I'm like what the heck is gay town like what, what the hell is that and then they introduced me to gay town well gay town was living gay time was awesome and I was like oh my god I, I, I love this place I, I never felt more relaxed and I was thinking hold on a second this feels really quite nice and for the first time I had this woman hitting on me and um god bless her she was um a woman of a particular stature who was looking at me and went you remind me of my friend in prison which confused me a lot <laughs> you remind me of my friend in prison she's got braids and she's black which at that point I really should have slapped her but I didn't Christine Gabby stayed very calm and went hmm don't know her I'm going to play this as I safely can without hitting you or punching you in the throat, but it's fine. And then not realising that she had another partner, also of the same stature, who came over and was like, would you like a hot chocolate? And I said, well, I actually love a good hot chocolate, actually. Drunk me, thinking this is very fine, because uh, it's the first time I got drunk. And by the way, I'd probably only had two Malibus at this point, because again, Christian girl, never had alcohol. Um, so tell my friends, obviously, I'm going home with these beautiful women um, and said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going home with these very curvaceous women. They're going to take me home for a hot chocolate, of which my friend sort of de-drunked himself and went, Gabby, you can't go. And I went, well, why? I want to go and get hot chocolate. He's like, look, I'll get you a hot chocolate, but they're not taking you home for a hot chocolate. You are the hot chocolate. Sit your ass down. And that was the end of that conversation. Um, so no hot chocolate for me and very happily um, saved myself being part of a threesome. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my first sort of like time in gay town. It was, it was awesome. But it really just, it just opened my eyes into a world that actually my parents had really very much suppressed me from and actually mm -hmm. getting more in tune with them and, you know, having friends take me into a place of um, difference in, you know, where, you know, I've got women talking with women, men talking with men. There was, uh, uh, drag queens. I'm like, there's a man dressed as a woman outside, Sam. And he was like, yeah, that's normal. And be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, these things just weren't apparent to me in 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 the mm -hmm. and I say straight apart in in um, a brief comments. But it was just it was just amazing. It was just absolutely awesome. And I think from that moment then was when I think things just started to change for me. Mm -hmm. Where I was like, have I really? really been living this sheltered life where I am just not streetwise and just didn't know anything. And through my years of going through uni and um, actually working with different people, I was like, maybe I'm gay. Cause I was just, I was just so interested. I was so invested. Um, I was starting to get feelings for women, although I was probably getting feelings for women years back and just never understood what was necessarily going on for me because it was just like, okay, I've got to like men. That's what I was told to do. Um, mm -hmm. But really, I, my my coming out stage was probably around the age of 24. 
um, and I'm 30 now. So I've been, I say, six years in the LGBT biz, <laughs> and I'm that's still not, learning there's stuff. Not, there's nothing wrong with that because I just mentioned recently on a voice note or on another tea time, I forgot, but I fully came out at the age of 24 and the last person was my mom and she just came across homophobic over the years hence why she was the last one to know and finally when she was there when she knew about it because um i went through a gay hate crime where i got beaten up for being gay twice uh, separate occasions by the same guy in the same year like i put it on facebook and i made everyone aware like this shit still goes on in this country blah 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 all this shit and my mom found out about that status and she basically FaceTimed me and then she just looking like the godfather on FaceTime was like, so I want to ask you a question. And I was like, okay, are you gay? <laughs> like real fucking dead, like dead serious. And I was like, yeah, so, and I was just trying to be so chilled about it. She was like, yeah, I just wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> You see, that's the response that I wish I would get. And that is a response that I know I'll never get um, due to how my family is with Christianity. And, you know, do you know, I, I do you know why do you know why she accepted at that time? Because over the years, when, like I said, she was coming across with these homophobic comments. The reason why she um, she allowed me to fully be who I was at that time at the age of 24. I'm 28 right now. So this was like four years ago. But the moral of the story is I was teaching my mom over the years about gay culture without her realizing. So like, let's yeah. say for example, I would like, I would, we'll go to a bar and then next thing you know, a drag queen will come through. And I was like, mom, she's beautiful, isn't she? And she'll just look at her and be like, wow, she really is and everything. And then I would um, drop the bar and be like, you do realize that's a guy, right? And then she was like, okay. <laughs> so those little, those little things yeah really did help like get and change her minds her mindset about homosexuality it's one thing that i have tried to get my mom to come to prayer she's like no i can't do it. it's too busy but i know obviously it's other things as well um mm -hmm. and i think this is a strange thing is that especially in my family we know other gay people or they've known people for example in church who have come out as gay but the sentence has always been, I don't want that for you. And mm -hmm. in my head, I can get very upset about that because I know what that means. Um, and I'll obviously come on to that later. But what, what they're, you know, necessarily sort of pinning it down to is that they understand the struggle of being someone who is black. They understand the struggle of being someone who is female and mm -hmm. being black female and also being part of the LGBT, LGBT community it's like well why would you put that on yourself and I'm like I'm not asking to put this on myself I'm like this is who I am um, mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've got randomly that oh well I'm not getting with men so I clearly must I'm, I'm going to try it with women I'm like no this I'm I'm happier and I'm I I love being with a woman and that's that's I'm happy with that and I also like being with men I'm, I'm bisexual but it's just something that my mum's just gone, oh, well, we can hope that, you know, you, you get with a man. But literally what she's saying is that, oh, I just, I don't want you to be with a woman because I realise how difficult that would be for you. Um, mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's just difficult. And I know having that conversation with my nan recently, 
when I sort of like was trying to allude to the fact that, you know, a person who she thought was a friend was actually my girlfriend. She was like, oh, well, n- I'll pray against it. And, you know, it's very much like they just they just don't want that for me. So, that, you know, it's something that my family has and will not accept as much as I try, um, you know, and um, will have certain apparel um, or, or anything that, you know, sort of alludes to the fact that I might be um part of the lgbt community it's very much sort of they don't want that for me and that's really mm-hmm. difficult because i have to keep going or coming out in that sense if i for example bring a woman home but then if i bring a man home it's like okay well that deletes everything gabby just said in the past it must have just been a phase i'm like no i'm bi i might still go to a woman if this doesn't work out um but they just don't see it that way which is just yeah just really frustrating um but mm-hmm. hopefully one mm-hmm. day pray one day fingers crossed that my mum and my dad and my family will just see me as the happy person that I am, which is that I just want to be loved for who I am and that whoever I do bring home loves me for me. They make me happy and that I love everything about them and they should love them too, because this person also makes me happy. That's what mm-hmm. I would like to get. Uh, we're going to swiftly move on, but my advice um, for what you just said is, Give it time, because eventually they will come. That's what I say. Mm. Okay, I so um, we need to move on because we are we have just finished the first subject and it's already 44 minutes into this um, <laughs> the show. Oh, and Lord. We, have, we have 30, guys, 30 voice notes, and we haven't even gone to Jesus. the second subject. So let's quickly was it let's quickly get into this and listen i blame danico for all these messages babes i love you but <laughs> child you need to calm the shit down you know <laughs> okay so first one is holly hey paolo hey jazzies um hey i don't know you that well i've only seen you a little bit on here so it'd be really interesting to find out a bit more about you hope you've both had a good day Thanks, Holly. Thank you, okay, the next the next one is Sancho. Yo, what is going on, guys? I hope you are well. I hope your show is going well. Just come in here to drop some love and to also bring some good news to Paolo Pereira. So I am one of the hosts of the Unverified Awards, and I've come to tell you so that you have been nominated for three different categories. The first Woo-hoo! being the best content creator on stereo the second having the sexiest male avatar and i must say it's definitely showing and the third is being the best duo host with chloe mcclowface so guys if you want paolo Pereira to win not just one but all of these awards please go to the unverifiedawards.org Find these co- find these categories, hit your vote button, and then on eight, Saturday, the 24th of April, we'll be revealing who the winners are. And if you're lucky, it will be Paolo Pereira. And I hope to catch you guys at this show. So have a good night and see you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Listen, when he says sexy avatar, honey, you should see me in person. That's more sexier. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You're your babes. You're you are fucking sexy. If I if I was into girls, girl, I'll be I'll be into you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
much appreciated, darling. Thank you. Yes. Okay, let's play some from Danica. Oh, yeah, that's the cutest thing. It's like when your mom is like literally telling you like, oh, uh, did you eat? Did you do this? And you're like, mom, I, mm -mm, no, I don't want that anymore. No, it's like, no, my taste buds change. Like, I don't do Burger King or something stupid. And I was just talking to like people that were talking about Burger King versus like McDonald's. So it kind of made me laugh. <laughs> but I was like, my taste buds changed when I got older. And that's crazy how we can do that. When you can be a kid and like you're very like... I don't care where I get any of my food from or anything like that or this and that and the other. And then you go back to your parents' house and your parents is like, I'm going to make the favorite dish. And you're like, mm, I guess I'll do it today, but I'm going to feel bad tomorrow. But I don't do this anymore. <laughs> mm, Tom. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jazz, mm -hmm. you should know me by now. Whenever I was it, whenever we respond to this, we just say, okay. Mm -hmm. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. I won't eat pork, but I'll eat bacon. And that's why I, de <laughs> I decided to do more of a different kind of pork because I was just like, well, if I can eat bacon, maybe I can try. <laughs> some other stuff and even back then when i was a kid and i still love it anyway chitlins chitlins are pig guts <laughs> if anybody knew i don't think we have chitlins in was it in the uk i don't believe i've never tried it i've never tried it no I've was it? I've been told if I ever go to the US again, like I keep um, missing the opportunity to go to Popeyes, and I'm like thinking, okay, I really need to try this Popeyes. To be honest, yeah, but, I need it's... to try Popeyes. Mhm. Mm okay, another one. I think it's just the name. It's just like saying pork just makes you want to go <laughs> compared to <laughs> bacon. Bacon sounds like a sexy name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I do adore Jamaican cuisine, and it's all out of love, and that's what cooking should be. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you guys. Yes. That's what's it. This is a good question. Um, have you ever tried po uh, Portuguese cuisine? <sighs> if I say I have. I have a feeling it's probably from a restaurant and I don't feel like that counts. So I'm going to say no. Okay, so what I'm going to do is after the tea time ends, I'm going to send you a couple of recipes for you to try out. You're, was it, are yes. you vegetarian or vegan? Uh, no, I eat lamb. So um, as long as it's not beef, then that's fine. Because majority of the cuisine in, in Portugal is mostly like fish, potatoes, onions, all of that. That's perfect. That's fine. As long as it's no beef, I'm all good. Okay, lovely. Girl, you better send me that recipe too about those fries. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think was it, I don't think she mentioned fries. Girl, I mentioned was it goat curry and shit like that, honey. Okay, another hey, one. Just a quick message to say I'm here. The dip quiz finished, so I'm here. Story made me swipe through like ten people to find you. I don't care about these people. I want to listen to Paolo and Gabby. Fucking stereo, man. Anyway, I love you. I'm gonna listen till I decide it's time for bed. I'm gonna have some snacks, I think. 
Yes. Clary, babes, where was it? We're nominated for the best duo, babes. Isn't that fab? <laughs> and also, just to remind those who are listening, Jazz Keys is the ultimate Snatch Game winner from All Stars. Hence why, was it? Hence why, yeah. Just letting you know, guys. <laughs> Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo. LGBT and Christians, yeah, I get you. I'm still listening. I'm just going to stop right now. Dude, are you though? Because, like, bitch, look, look, 15 messages. Especially when your whole entire family is um, a minister, a pastor, everything. That's a lot. Yeah. Yes. I love was it. I love how De- and Danica is so passionate about this tea time conversation that it's just so much messages. I'm just like thinking, okay, we need to really fucking speed this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Dan. I've learned and agree with you. It's like my journey is me, even though I still like have such a hold on my Christianity, but like mm. it's still me. So I get you, girl. So it's, it seems like was it you're not the only one who feels like this to be honest. Yeah, no, I think it's a general consensus, especially within the LGBT community, because we already get judged for saying that we're LGBT and then saying that we're Christian. It's this sort of, well, how can you be LGBT and Christian? Like, like you can attend church, and I'm like, there's certain churches that won't even allow us through the door, mate. But mm-hmm. like, I literally am just like, if I can go in and get a word and leave then I ain't trying to tell anybody about my business. At the end of the day, like I said, my journey is about me. So um, I am very quite, cl- I'm quite a private and close person, to be honest. So this has probably been the most open that I have been about my LGBT journey. Even talking about the fact that I'm actually LGBT sort of on a broadcast for me is is very, very open um, because mm-hmm. it's something that even sort of where I work, I've not necessarily been open about my sort of queerness in that sense or um with certain friendship groups I haven't opened up about that like they probably guessed by things that I might have posted on on Facebook or Instagram or whatever um but it's never been a real conversation that I've had with a lot of people because I'm just not sure how they react and especially within the uh black community it's been very much sort of I really don't know how you're going to react because I'm not sure where where you lie like you know it might be that they're fine with one person to be gay but might not be fine with you being gay it's a very strange sort of like um what's that game is it minecraft i'm trying to think is it minecraft, minecraft. Uh, is it mines you know like on mines do you ever remember playing like mines on like windows like vista and uh, <laughs> depending on which square you pressed you'd end up then like you know either completely losing or you might clear like a massive space but it was sort of like you're not sure which button if you press it is going to have a mine underneath and it's very much like that sort of like with which person do I feel comfortable telling this because Mm -hmm. back into the wrong crowd or it might be that a family member gets told before I get to tell them and I had a bit of occasion with that last year and I was like "Mm -mm, I'm not doing that so um, yeah I am quite even still, I'm quite wary about my own LGBT journey, but that's just me not having confidence in myself, and that's something that I just have to learn. Um, but I'm, I'm again, it's a journey, and I'm not. I just want to, listen- I just want to um, just say, like, listen, I really do appreciate you for being open about your life on tea time because 
I was surprised when now that now that we're talking, I'm surprised that you were the one who asked me, "Can I come on tea time?" So I'm really yeah. proud of you for actually sharing this, and I really do fucking appreciate you now. So oh, much love here, over here. Thank you, darling. Yes. Okay, another one. Okay, 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 okay. So he wants you to give him your family recipe, but he won't come off his dirty sugar recipe. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. She's not necessarily asking for a dirty sugar recipe. She's asking for a cookie. That's what she wants. She wants a freebie, girl. But we're going to speak about this later. We're not going to discuss this any further because we're, uh, this is going to be a, like a wildfire spread. Yeah, but that's where your mindset goes. Like, you're like, you, you become a people watcher because you notice. And even as a kid and being in, because uh, I'm gay as well, and uh, that kind of thing, uh, it's just like, you're just like, I don't get you guys right now. But, you know, when I did come out, like, I was surprised that the people that did know were okay with it. Um... And then I just let social media do the thing <laughs> with the people I told like in person. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's where your mindset goes. Like you're like you you become a people watcher because you notice. And not the same even message. as a kid and Yeah, I think I'm playing the same message, sorry. <laughs> wow, man, sleeping with boys. That's crazy. But also Man sleeping boys, more like a rapist raping a boy <laughs> to me, cause that's crazy. Cause I get the man sleeping with boys, I can get that standpoint. And you know, I being a gay boy, um, even then, like at nineteen, already knowing myself and stuff. Like, what do you think about like when like there's older men that are like invested in you? And they're in their 30s or older women, they're in their 30s or in their 40s, and you're just still a kid, a boy. Because trust me, 19, I'm still a boy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm getting used to the universe, and that's what I did, you know. But now I'm like way much older, and I'm like, I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, it seems like from the descriptions, he's more or less talking about uh, a lot for himself. Uh, I don't want to just say, okay, sorry, guys. Let me just uh, rephrase that. Um, just to let you guys know, Tea Time is based on the special guests. We don't want to talk too much about your life specifically too much, but I do appreciate you chiming in and everything. But we have so much messages and it's just like, wow, okay. So what I'm trying to say is please refrain from sending any more messages because we need to go through the second topic and it's already an hour, guys. So I'm going to play quickly <laughs> a few more messages and then we're going to was it pause and then we're going to discuss the next subject. I'm like, I don't want to date someone younger than me. Like, I'm not used to that. But... I'm wondering if, like, I had that moment where I was, like, actually wanted to be the boy and was the boy. And growing older, I'm like, oh, hmm. 
I was a little boy back then doing some boyish little things that were not right. Do you get that? Hope I'm not talking off topic right here. I'm just trying to listen, but I'm still trying to listen to you. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I really do appreciate you, Danica. Um, he just sent a new one. He just um, he said this. Hey, yeah. Skip that combo. <laughs> Let's talk tea time. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no worries. I do appreciate you though. But I wanna was I just wanna play this one because this one I feel like he he wants to appreciate you, babes. <laughs> you are the hot chocolate. <laughs> Hello, my darlings. Paulo Pereira and the special guest of honor, Jazz Keys. Oh, I love that name. Anyway, just wanted to wish you all a wonderful show. Jazz, you're going to have a wonderful time, and uh, Paolo is a, uh, a great guy that will, uh, you know, just love and support you. Welcome. John. Hi. He's been hey, absolutely Paul. awesome. Thank you. We'll play this one quickly. Listen, I lived in Houston, Texas for two years, and I can confirm that Popeye's is fucking delicious. literally the best chicken fuck kfc popeyes is where it's at Ah, i love that a place like some ridiculously hot spicy wings you know like on man versus food i want to try those wings because i'm i'm positive i can beat those challenges like i Mm -hmm. I want to do it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I was it. I want to play this message back from Danica. I'm not gonna mute all of them, but I just want to play this just because I I won. Was it? I just won the love, you know. Yeah, y'all both sexy. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> 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 Thank you. A little self confident booster, babes. <laughs> I know. Mind like, sweep. Okay. The game was mind sweep or mind sweeper. Mind mind sweep. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Chloe. Okay. Thank you, Chloe. I'm mega proud of you, Gab. You know this already. Um Aww. it's it's a hard journey. Especially like you're saying with your family and their faith and your own faith. It's you know, it's gonna be a journey, but I'm dead proud of you. So Aww. proud, mate. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want that like cry time like oh my god <laughs> I mean was it I mean I did tell you this is uh, this will be it might be a triggering episode so who knows you might shed a tear from this from this love of people who are here to support you today you know thank you guys okay. hello 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 Andrew Welcome to tea time. And also just one more just for safe side. Yeah, tell me about the Portuguese um cuisine. I would love that. Um I'm not sure if I have. Uh I've been to a lot of countries and um Portuguese just <laughs> I've been there. But I wanna know what you mean by that. So but I have to stop talking so I can listen to you. 
Das. So basically, um, Portuguese cuisine is mostly like, um, okay, so in Portugal we call it bacalao. So basically it's saltfish. So this is the same exact thing that um, Jamaican cuisine uh, uses. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mostly just salt fish, potatoes, olives, onions. It's a, it's really a Mediterranean diet, really. It's like a lot of fish. Um, there's pork involved, but you don't necessarily need to have pork. One of my absolute favorite dishes is called feijoada. The feijoada is like a black bean <laughs> stew, and it has like um, wilted kale. It has like a lot of onions and all of that. Babes, I'll send you. Was I'll send you the recipe. If anyone wants a bit of Portuguese goodness recipes, slide me a yeah, DM. I will that. happily send you some recipes. Okay. Okay. So, Jazz Keys, are you ready for your next subject of tea time? I am ready! Yeah, so based on who you are, as you are, Jazz Keys, uh, your next subject is a location slash destination of fond memories. And your chosen choice Ooh. tonight is... It is Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool. Why Liverpool? Oh, I did my university there back in 2009. I did my BA and my MA and I started doing my PhD in Liverpool. I um, f found what was the start of myself in Liverpool. I mm. matured Liverpool. I met a lot of the friends that I have now from Liverpool University or Liverpool Hope University. Um, I studied a music course there. I became a better musician. I decided I wanted to go into teaching at that point, even though really I'm just doing my teacher training now. Um, I have learned so much about myself from 2009, even in terms of getting help for my mental health. Mm -hmm. um, support with um, eating disorders, with so many things that have like gone on for me. Um, it was the first time that I'd sort of met my best mate at that point, and we became a couple. And unfortunately, we're not best friends anymore. And unfortunately, we're not a couple anymore. Um, but it's like there's some good memories and there's some memories where I'm going actually that's harrowing that's caused me a lot of pain but through that pain as I've obviously just turned 30 literally three days ago I can honestly look back at those moments and go they have caused me some severe distress <laughs> but at the same time also they have made me the woman that I am today mm -hmm. um, I, I'm I'm not glad that I've had to go through those, but I'm thankful that I've managed to see past the trauma and go, I am the way that I am today based on the things that have happened to me, or has happened to me, and there's still room for me to grow. But in terms of my ability to be a bit more streetwise, my understanding of the LGBT community started there. Um, my understanding of some lasting friendships also started there. I couldn't be, in, in that sense, in a more privileged position to go, I'm really thankful for the things that I have gone through. 
And regardless of what it is that I have gone through, I can mm-hmm. honestly say that I stand now as a taller, prouder person. And honestly, um, I'm happy that I've I've made growth and development in in terms of maturing as the young woman that I am. I'm saying young because I want to feel young, but the young woman that I am today. Yes. Have you was it? Have you been um, born and raised in Liverpool? No. So I was I I was born in the uh, lovely East Midlands in a lovely place of Nottinghamshire. I won't say mm-hmm. specifically where, otherwise I'll get found out. Um, but yes, I was born in Nottinghamshire <laughs> and was born in a, uh, a a lovely little town, um, which is home of the Stags. I'll give you that. And yeah, I grew up there and then I moved to Liverpool Hope University. Um, literally went to uni at 18 and then I did Liverpool for literally eight, nine years. So I became an honorary scouser. And then I moved to Preston for two years. And then I moved to Manchester before I then moved to China, what was meant to be oh, for wow. a year. And then yeah, COVID happened. So that crapped on everything. And um, I ended up back here um, permanently. I'd actually just come back just to see my family for a bit. And then I got locked out of the country, unfortunately. Um, but it is something that I would like to return to at some point when I'm ready. Um, but it's it's it was just an awesome journey. I, I honestly would recommend for if if you can. Uh, I was just obviously just doing TEFL, but I was doing music um, teaching over there. So if any of you do want to travel, um, I can give you some great recommendations in terms of going to China if you would like that. Obviously, anywhere else, I've got the people that have obviously been to places like Abu Dhabi or uh, Saudi Arabia, those sorts of places. But if you would like to venture anywhere in China, then please hit me up. I've got some lovely connections of people who are looking to get some English teachers and all different types of subjects over there. If you just want to spend a year out and figure out where you want to be afterwards, it really, if anything, put me in a good place to say that I did want to teach and to be honest now I've ended up as a music teacher and I've, I'm just thoroughly enjoying it I've really met some lovely kids who you know what I've really grown sort of like my confidence in myself about being a teacher because I just thought you know what I'm probably not any good and the pe- people that I was well one particular person that I was working with was not making me feel very confident about myself and my teaching abilities but you know, it's so lovely that, you know, the kids are just so excited to, to see me when I come into school and they enjoy their music lessons. So um, I, I think based on that and how they're learning and, and, and you know, coming back the following weeks, that they're, they're doing absolutely well. And I can honestly say that that's just with their uh, engagement and how much they enjoy my lessons. So it's probably the one time that I actually have really bigged myself up to go, maybe I can do this. So I am, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself with that. Yes. Would you say, was it, would you say Liverpool is like your happy place? Like when you, when you were there, you just felt like, okay, I can be myself. I can like feel happy here. I was, I was, I, I was away from family, which as I'm now saying this sentence, please don't take it the wrong way. If my parents ever listened to this, oh, don't worry about uh, it. you know, um, I really loved Liverpool and it is a it is a past tense. There's a place that I love going, which is Formby Beach. It's one of my favourite places to go and visit and also Sefton Park. When I go back and see friends there, it's it's a bittersweet moment because a lot of hurt has happened there. 
Um, I've got Danica is trying to call me. I'm not sure what's going on here. Uh, so I'm sorry, darling. I'm on a call. Um, but um, <laughs> I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so sorry. I will I will call you later. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bittersweet moment for a few reasons. In that sort of, you know, I had a really bad breakup there. Um, I ended up in quite um, an, an abusive sort of relationship there. Um, you know, I was having to deal with uh, an eating disorder. I was having to deal with a lot of things that sort of, as at the at the age that I was, was a place where I really had to mature really quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was um, the same place that, you know, sort of I also lost my virginity. This was something that, you know, very much, again, in terms of the, the Christian background, it was like, you know, don't have sex before marriage these were things that like sort of scared the hell out of me and I really had to mature in so many different ways to go what's appropriate to say to mom and dad what is appropriate to say to mom and dad and I don't know how to get help with this you know my phone got stolen there were so many different things where like I just didn't know what to do and I had to grow up very 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 quickly on the upside though in terms of the university experience I absolutely loved it it was a fantastic university it is a fantastic fantastic uni although I've not been there in a few years so it might be the same I've gone downhill might have even got better um I've made some fantastic friendships there um and in terms of the music and uh, me gigging in certain places I mean I got to do my first tour because I was in Liverpool um I I got to support Rebecca Ferguson um, I got to tour with some brilliant R&B artists. Um, I got to play with Omar Life, who's an R&B artist. If anyone knows the song, There's Nothing Like This, have a look at that. That's the guy that I played for. He's brilliant. I uh, played for Terry Walker. I played for some brilliant gospel artists. I ended up on BET. Um, all of these things that, you know, if it wasn't for the right people being and being in the right places, I would have never got these opportunities. And to mm-hmm. say that now I've got of this um as people have said this semi-professional sort of background of being a musician i couldn't be more honored to to have those responsibilities to support some really brilliant and fantastic artists and help me grow as a musician um and i play, played in some really great festivals so the, there was the threshold festival um there's um being pride i've played in pride i've um, I've, I've played in so many different places, so many different areas, countries. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, honestly, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just blessed with what I've been able to do. And if I can do more whilst I'm still alive, then that would be great. But um, you know, there's some opportunities that even a lot of people haven't managed to have, and uh, for others that have obviously toured literally throughout the world, they go, "That's really, min- that's really minuscule." But I wasn't even expecting to do half of the things that I was going to be doing um, in, in regards to my health um, mm-hmm. and with, with where I was mentally. So I'm just, I'm just really grateful for that. I, I couldn't be uh, more honoured to, to have had the opportunities that I have had. I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, Liverpool's had its happy moments. It's also had its traumatic moments, but um, I'm thankful for what I have had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For those who are listening who are thinking, wow, she's had, like, she's moved so many times, but she's had this incredible journey, a hard one, though. What would you yeah. say, what advice would you give um, to listeners now, especially those listening on Spotify? How would you, was it, how would you give them the advice of 
just doing it just go out there if you want to move um, time after time just do it live your life how can you motivate these people who don't have that confidence like you have now whether it's confidence or whether it's fear you need to decide that part so that's my first thing that if anything I want to say to you because a lot of the moves that I did were out of fear um so moving from Liverpool to Preston was fear moving mm-hmm. to Preston to Manchester was fear moving from Manchester to China when I had done it because I already wanted to go to China way back years back but I stopped it because at the time I'd just broken up with my partner, but I wanted to go with, with her at the time and she didn't want to go. Weirdly enough, two years later, she wanted to go to Thailand. So at that at those moments when I'd moved from Liverpool to Preston, it was, I have to leave because I can't stay in Liverpool because at that point, me and my partner had ended really badly. And I'm like, I've got this job in Preston and it was offering more money than what I was on because I'd lost my job. And I'm like, okay, well, this is offering this. And I was trying to make it work that I could stay with her, but it wasn't going to work either way. So I ended up moving to Preston because I just thought I need a new life and a new start. And I just needed to leave that life behind. And weirdly after that, I didn't return back to Liverpool for a few years. I had to meet people outside of Liverpool because I just, that, that sense of fear or me bumping into someone that I know was just really great um, and, and sort of a mutual friend, obviously. Um, and then with Preston to Manchester, um, I'd unfortunately lost a colleague in work and I'd found him in the lift. He'd passed away and mm. I tried to give CPR. And unfortunately, he uh, basically died of, of um, a heart attack, a heart failure. And that just caused so many issues with PTSD. So I, I again had to leave. But also at that same year as well, um, I'd had a miscarriage. I had lost my auntie and my nan had also then passed in September. Um, So I was actually moving to Manchester just before my nan had passed to support my nan and I was hoping to live in the flat with her and and help her. But she came to a time where sort of unfortunately she had pancreatic cancer and it just riddled her. She she was just really, you know, not fit and well. And um, it was the right time for her to go. But it just meant then I was sort of left in a bit of a, um, do I go to Manchester? Do I not? Where shall I go? And I ended up moving anyway and moving to this job that, if anything, at the end turned out to be the worst thing I ever moved to. Um, but also it wasn't the right move for me to stay in Preston either because my mental health wasn't getting any better. It was just deteriorating because I couldn't enter a place of work and think I can't get in that lift. Um, I still can't get in lifts to this day. It still scares me. Um, but it just came to a point where it was just very, very triggering for me. And Mm -hmm. even to this day, and even talking about it, it'll be something that will trigger me later on. And it's not to say that this is triggering or whatever, you know, you've not triggered me. It's myself just sort of like talking about it and just coming to a realisation that actually that year for me was a very, very, very hard year. And I ended up having quite a massive breakdown. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I really, and I know it's coming towards the end as well, um, where I did want to sort of like talk about black and LGBT and mental health. Um, It is something that I really just want to implore people that if you haven't sought help or support that you need for your mental health, it is there for you. Please don't be scared. If you need to be on medication, that is completely fine. 
there's no judgment about it that person or that family member will want you to be happy and want you to be healthy rather than you sitting there and not getting help that you need so if there is anybody that is listening and you do need that support um i am not a trained uh, counselor or anything but if you just need someone to listen just to listen to you i am here there's samaritans that i know i've relied on there is your crisis team at your local hospital as well that you can also rely on as well but i do want to implore you given also something i will talk about later sort of mental health and um the 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 big s word in terms of mental health um you know please make sure you get the help because i would rather someone spoke to me than not think you know i could have been there for that person but they just didn't reach out um so please get the help that you do need yes okay before we get into the messages is there anything else you want to talk further on the, on this subject no i'm good yes okay let's get into these messages so i uh, if denico is listening i haven't muted all your messages so i'm going to i did mute a few of them because it, it was just way too much so i'm going to just play the ones i kept uh, let's see what he's saying quickly. You mentioned like not straight wise or something like that, but um, I felt different. Like um, I was not very good with the gay mentality of things and just knowing I have to teach myself because I was so religion oriented and um, the straight people were my friends. And mm. also I was happy that i had friends that actually was cool with it you know it was mm. hard talking to my family about it more than uh my friends from school going through high school and uh college well uh uh, uh community college because i didn't end it but i just went you know the influencer way but yeah i get you I feel like was it? I feel like jazz. Um, even though we're one hour in, I feel like you're already um, inspiring people such as Danico to just be proud of themselves. Really, be proud. You know, there's in terms of being LGBT, in terms of being black, in terms of being Christian, in terms of whatever you are, um, however you identify, you are you. Nobody has made you the person that you are without the things that you've either gone through or the things that you've been subjected to. So at mm-hmm. the end of the day, take whatever it is that it that has either affected you in a good or bad way and use it to your advantage. There's things that, you know, as I've spoken about, I've spoken about miscarriage, I've spoken about death, I've spoken about abusive relationships, I've spoken about LGBT, I've spoken about a very, very dominant Christian family. All of those at some point were really just hammering me under where I was thinking I physically can't breathe or get or or just catch a break. Like everything was just getting to a point where I was just like, it's just so on top of me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you just have that feeling where you're just feeling really restrained and you're just thinking, oh, I can't do this anymore. I just need to burst out. And it was those moments where sort of, like I said, you know, I'd I'd moved from Liverpool to, to Preston or where I just changed my number or whether to shut down completely. And these moments were flight moments. But actually going through the years of having to deal with that trauma, getting the counselling, getting the support that I needed, I've started to rise above it. And I can now Mm -hmm. say that with my mental health, even though 
there's things that aren't going right for me, even to this very day and very minute. There are other things that actually years back that I was struggling with, I'm getting a lot better at. And I can honestly say it is through those moments of trauma that have helped me get to the position that I'm at now that I've used to better who I am as a person and I've used to my advantage. So there are situations in your life that you're thinking, you know what, this has really not done me well at all, Mm -hmm. but use that to your advantage and better yourself because honestly you will come out so much better at the end and you'll be so proud of yourself once you do. Yes. Listen, if if I was there in person, I would literally give you a hug and just be like, I'm so proud of you, gal. Aw, thanks, girl. Thanks, mate. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, we still love you. And I was like, aw. I was like, okay, but yeah. Yeah. I like boys. I like boys. (laughs) It was so funny. But and they're still learning till this day, you know. And I told them over ten years ago, uh, my sexuality, my orientation, and you know, it's it's so funny, like how back then, that long ago, like are my I don't know how old you guys are, but my mindset at being thirty two, it's just like so different from being when. Even when I came out, when I was, um, uh, came, I came out at 16 with my friends and then came out to my parents at like 19. If he's listening right now, I'm 28 and I've seen, I've typed in your username on Instagram this one time. And I was like thinking he's cute for his age. Like he's like really young for his age, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> I like to I, I like to stalk people, you know, especially um boys. <laughs> well um, why would you not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also is it just me or nowadays when you need to go on a date such as Tinder or something like that and you're you you're meeting this person for the first time, am I the only one who actually goes and stalks and researches this person before I even go on this date? Just to be on the I same side. Have- I get my other friends to stalk them to see if there's anything that I've missed just to make sure they're not a serial killer. So, yeah, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. There's a small group of like, um, people that I just message and I go, guys, do your, do your best. And I send them the name, the photo, and they go, yeah, found them. So you're not the only one. Don't worry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then once the parents know... You don't care who else knows <laughs> throughout the family, to be honest. <laughs> I wish it was that easy for my family, but my family do not communicate the best, honestly. I swear to God, if I have to tell my mum something, then I have to tell my dad something separate. And if I tell my dad something, and God forbid I don't tell my mum, my mum is furious. Even though really my dad should communicate with my mum because they're married. Um, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um, and my dad won't tell his parents. So I'll have to tell my grandparents and um, I'll have to tell my auntie. And then they'll go, why did you not tell us first? And I'm like, oh my Lord, honestly, it doesn't work that way. I wish it did. Danica, but it, it doesn't. <laughs> I want to really share something with you, which um, um, my mom recently told me. So, like, my mom is always, like, every time we hang out, we, we like, hang out, do, like, have lunch, um, have a cup of tea together, uh, a coffee shop or whatever. And she's always blessing out all these negativities, like, my way. And she was like, 
oh, like, I don't want you, was it? I don't want you to travel far because, like, they're going to kill you and everything like that. And this one time, I snapped at my mom. I was like, why do you keep, every time we hang out, why do you come up with these negative, negative comments as if someone's going to kill me or something like that? And she revealed to me, she was like, listen, I don't think you understand in my head the way you are makes me feel, was it, happy knowing that you're living your truth. But at the same time, I'm really worried for you as a parent because she kind of explained to me, like, like, not in a negative way. She was like, because of who you are, like, quite, shall we say, feminine, um, she she's just really concerned because, like, she thinks like the bad the bad things will happen because like I'm expressing who I am and she's not used to it. She's not used to like a feminine uh, like male just being in the like in the presence of the whole world. She's not used to defending that kind of um, person. She's always like she's always been surrounded by these masculine men and everything like that. So if, for the first time in her life, she has this theory where she was like, okay. If he expresses his femininity, there's going to be trouble ahead. And I'm just like, I have to keep reminding my mom, listen, just because I've been beaten up for being gay twice in the same year, like years ago, doesn't necessarily mean like bad shit is going to happen to me just because of the way I am, you know? Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. I think like the the obviously the generation before which is obviously sort of our parents have just got this fear of being accepted i think because this is such a new thing it's it's, it's i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it's new as a new new but it's you know being able to go oh i'm gay and i'm proud of it is our generation like you know mm-hmm. if you'd done this during their generation it was sort of like okay, well, we're going to get rid of you. Like, there wasn't really that much protection for, for gays. There was um, certainly not that much protection for, for, for being female or for being black um, or for being disabled. Um, all of these things have really come about in, in our generation and, or, or have been at least protected within our generation. So to have these fears with parents, I think, is very normal. And I can understand that fear. And I can understand, that's why I'm like, I can understand my mum going, I don't want that for you, because she understands the battles of being a black female as it is. So then being black female and gay, and then also black female and gay with also some mental health issues, some issues with uh, another disability. It's like, you are piling the weights on top of you in terms of being accepted in a, a, a workplace, for example, or for just being uh, safe to walk down the road, or for just being safe going to another country. Like, these are all these sort of preconceptions that people have that they judge you before you've even opened your mouth. So if I'm dressed a certain way, and I, for example, was heading to a place that was clearly very anti-LGBT, I'm already Mm -hmm. going to be judged before I've even opened my mouth, let alone the fact that I've just come off a plane and I'm also now a black feminine woman it'll be like mm-hmm. oh Jesus Christ we don't do that here either um and then they realize oh actually no she's got mental health so oh well she must be crazy so we can't let her in either and actually no I've got a disability oh yeah we can't help you with that there's just so many things where I, you know we physically cannot be accepted because of the people that we are so I can accept the stance in some of the things that our parents are saying and and that's why I'm like I can, I I get that understanding just 
but I'm also at a place where I go, okay, we've grown as as a nation, as people. Things are getting, in some senses, and that's what I'm saying, in some senses, a little bit better. In terms mm-hmm. of the racism, it's exactly still the same, and but it's just getting videoed. So things mm-hmm. aren't necessarily changing. Things are just getting videoed, and the same with also the gay and homophobic attacks that are happening again it's getting videoed it's getting recorded but this stuff and this stuff still happening in the background um you know so i i again i i completely understand what your mum's saying i get what my mum's saying but these are just things that i think it's gonna take a lot of time to go actually mm-hmm. is that person gonna be accepted for who they are yes or no i'm just gonna mm-hmm. have to deal with my fear of that yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I also put it out there? Like, I don't know. Was it? I don't know if this will was it. This will inspire those listening. But I believe in my in my lifetime, how I grew up. I believe the black community has actually saved my life. And um, when I say that, it's only because I had neighbors who were who were people of color. I've had. Uh, mixed race friends and all of that and i remember throughout my life when i got bullied it was always white people who would bully me and Mm. how i saw it is now that i look back it was people of color who would always come and help me or people of color who would defend me and it would be people of color who would wouldn't even fucking judge me so can i just put out the, the black community people of color you guys saved my life throughout my life, like my lifetime, my journey, shall we say? Because I just felt like there was no judgment. The community did not really judge me, and perhaps like there is still like a lot of work to do, such as like countries like Jamaica who are still like, shall we say, a bit homophobic, and like all these. Bit, bit cor- is an understatement, but yeah. <laughs> I I say bit because I I don't know the, I don't know the whole story but I know like parts of the Caribbean there there's like a bit of messiness but like people yeah, what I'm trying to say is being what I'm trying a to say is female community it's a little bit better being the gay male it's just it's just no no I think no. what I think what I'm trying to say is those people especially even if they came from Jamaica they were born in Jamaica or something like that but they came in the country and they were aware of the lifestyle uh, London or the UK in general um, gave them in their lives. They, I think they educated themselves to be um, better within themselves to even be educated and be aware of other communities. So that's what I'm trying to say. Those who came from, um, from other countries grew up in the UK. Those are the ones who actually educated themselves and they like taught themselves to love other communities. That's what I think I'm trying to say really. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say people is blame the white people as usual, because Listen, the white the white man has been telling lies this whole li- um, this whole lifetime, you know. True, but I also want to add as a caveat: not all white people are racist. I, I really want to make this, if if yeah, anything, as, as a I agree. as a mm-hmm. black person today, um, because I feel like it 
is starting to become a bit of a precedence where bl- like a lot of black people are just going, oh, well, it's a white man again. And then, and then the white people are going, oh, but it's Black Lives Matter constantly. And I'm like, right, I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it. But I just I just want to just as a, as a black person that is probably a little bit more woke <laughs> than a lot of <laughs> others, um, you know, um, or, or, or awake, because that was the correct tense, um, is that honestly, we really need to look at the, people we are talking about in terms of racism because we do have some very lovely and fantastic white allies who are here to support the black community the people of color community and support us in our battle to achieve and get the fairness and the same in terms of equality that we deserve quite rightly so mm-hmm. because we have been oppressed suppressed to believe that we do not matter as much due to um, the hierarchy, due to systemic um, racism, due to how things have been placed for black people and given the history that we've had, not just in terms of slavery, but just general mis- um, mis- mistreatedness throughout the years. Um, you know, we really are just trying to implore Black Lives Matter. And again, I just want to explain this for anyone who's listening. That's not saying that Nobody else's lives matter. We clearly understand that other people's lives matter. We fully understood, understand that and to every extent. However, it is clearly black lives at the moment that are clearly receiving a lot of backlash or receiving a lot of hatred or receiving more of a profile based on their colour of their skin. And what we're asking and what we're pleading for is to not judge us by the colour or the stereotype of what you believe that that colour represents, but actually treat us exactly the same as the white guy, the Portuguese guy, the Chinese guy, the white male, the disabled male, the Portuguese disabled male, the guy with one arm, the guy with two legs, but one arm and one finger, whatever it is, treat us exactly the same. That is all we are asking. I can't make that any more basic or put that in any more basic terms, except for just treat people equally. If you're judging a person for wearing a hoodie because they're black, but not doing it for the white, think about why you are doing that and come to the recognition that, you know what, maybe I need to address why I'm acting a certain way. That's not just for police officers. That's for everybody that's listening, whoever it is. If you're just really not understanding what this movement is about and you're just getting angry at things saying Black Lives Matter and you're one of those that's saying all lives matter, I'm I'm not angry at you saying all lives matter because it does. But currently at the moment, as a ethnicity, Black people are getting very, very, very much judged for the colour of their skin in all of the wrong aspects of life, whether that's criminality, whether that's education, um, even simply just driving a car down the road. Um, we just need to have a look at how we are perceiving people based on the colour of their skin. That's all I'm asking. I couldn't say it better myself, honestly. Okay, let's play Kai's message. Ooh, it's message time. Hi, Paolo. Hi, Jazz. Uh, it's nice seeing a new face on here. That's what I love about this show is that I can hey. hear um, stories and insight and knowledge from all these amazing guests that Paolo has on, and I love it. And I just want to say that I really enjoyed that segment. Um, 
I love the openness of this show and that you're able to talk about your music career and teaching and like finding yourself and it really reminded me that I'm on a similar path right now of just you know trying different things and seeing what I like what I don't like and shaping that path yeah. and even if it's rocky at times it's okay and but yeah it is. thanks for messaging and yeah. keep doing you keep doing you you will mm-hmm. have moments where it's rocky you will have moments where you're thinking I can't do this shit but when you have those moments review it and what I am constantly saying even to my kids and I really don't mean this in a, in a demeaning way is look at the positives and look at the consequences what are the positives that I'm getting from doing this so even though I'm doing my teacher training I'm going gone this I'm so tired this is really exhausting there's so much to do the positives I get a certificate at the end I can move to other schools I can teach elsewhere I've got the mm-hmm. ability now because I've got that certificate it gives me more um places to travel that I can go and earn more money and get to a point where I can get into senior positions so it's all about that you know that journey and you know you're gonna have some bumps you're gonna hit a few manholes you're gonna get a moment where your chassis decides to have a crack in it or the engine breaks down and you're thinking I just want to sleep and just crash but power through that's all if anything if I I can just leave you know um, a a sentence of, of, of knowledge and advice is just keep powering through 2018 was my worst year and you know sort of gone through that already but for me to have had the breakdown and power through and still be here today I honestly would not be here today without the support of some fantastic counsellors, mental health support, some brilliant charities. Um, I really honestly wouldn't be here. And I I mean that with with the the genuineness and um, sort of honesty that I can give you that I honestly would not be here um, with so many attempts. I know that I've had, unfortunately, with with my life due to how difficult it has been at, at some stages but I am thankful to God. I am thankful to those who have seen me. I'm thankful to those friends who have acknowledged that I've not been in a great place. Those places that I've crashed and just thought I just need to just literally just sleep on a couch. I'm thankful to the car that I've had because I slept in my car a lot of nights because I couldn't even enter my own flat. Um, I'm thankful to the uh, respite centres, the hospitals that have honestly kept me going. And even till this moment, I could be not, I couldn't be any more grateful. So honestly, just keep powering through. You can do it. Yes, I love that. Okay, one more, and then we're going to get into your next subject. Apollo, your story about your mom is literally exactly how my mom is. It's weird. Like, they're being parents, and you can see that they just want to look out for us. But it's at the same time, it's like when they explain it, it sounds negative, and it's like, yeah, I know some people are shitty and... Are homophobic but you know we'll be fine but i've had i've literally had that exact kind of conversation with my mom before and she was even worried like recently oh there goes my oven sorry she was even worried recently <laughs> and like wanted to make sure the apartment my boyfriend and i are moving to is okay because she doesn't want people bugging us that's how i feel yeah i just had to share yeah thanks for chiming in kai i was i like, just I- want to know what oh. was in the microwave <laughs> <laughs> 
um, what is it you're making? Can you send some through? Is that a hot pocket? Like, what is it? What, what are you making? <laughs> I love how it just went from deep to what's in the microwave? Sorry, what's in the oven? <laughs> I was so good. All I heard was beep, beep. I was like, ooh, I wonder if that's like some cake and custard. Hmm. You know what's very really funny? I, before we went into live, I actually just finished making, I don't know if you've heard of this dish, Mata Paneer. I haven't, no. So think of it, think of a creamy tomatoey onion, onion it doesn't even a word, um, kind of like um, vegetarian curry with um, pinna cheese. It's absolutely lovely with some um, garden peas Ooh. as well. Is that like That's an Indian people. dish? That sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's an Indian dish. I'll send you the recipe. It's actually dead easy to make. If anyone wants to make mata paneer, let me know. I'll send you the recipe. Slide a DM on my social medias. Okay. Okay, one really? more from... Actually, I was going to say something. Kai was, um, just mentioned something that I want to talk about. The reason why I had to have... The, uh, ha uh, let me rephrase that. The reason why I had to have this conversation with my mom about to stop worrying about the way I am like to the world yeah. is because you know how it started? I'm going to tell you why it's, uh, how it started. When... I decided to tell my mom I was dating a guy for the first time. I never mentioned my love life ever to my mom until after I came out. So I was like thinking, okay, I want to see how she reacts when I tell her that I'm, I was dating someone. I'm not dating anyone. I'm still single. But this was at, back then, like probably t um, two years ago. So I mentioned yeah. to my mom, I'm, I'm going on a date. And you know what's the first thing was it? You know what's the first thing that comes out of her mouth? Go on. She was like, well, let's hope you're not dating a rapist or a murderer. And I was like thinking, I was like thinking, why is mum coming what up with this comment? And that's how it started. That's how it started. Because she believed she believed at like her mentality. Uh, she believed her mentality back then when I told her that. She was like thinking, okay, like even his like loved ones are probably going to be backstabbing him on some of that. I had to remind my mom recently. This is this is what life has to be. I have to take risks. I have to know for sure what like what's going to come to me in future. You know, even if it's the yeah. bad or the good, I have to go through it. Um, I tell my mom, you I do. do appreciate you being a mother and you caring and being worried about me. But mom, you need to really let my let me live my life for better or worse, you know? Totally, totally. And I think that's the thing is that we've got to be able to make our own mistakes. I think there is this very sort of maternal figure to be like, oh, I don't want you to get into that and I don't want you to get hurt, which is lovely and it's completely understandable. Um, but it's also sort of like if I don't make these uh, mistakes, if I don't do this in terms of my own path and forge a path for myself and realize where the bumps and the scrapes and the things are if I then have kids I won't also be able to tell them what that path is so mm -hmm. I think it's very much sort of a they want to look after you as best they can but also through probably you know some form of experience that they might have had themselves not necessarily having to be coming out as sort of like LGBT but just you know for my mom she obviously understands what it's like to be a black woman but she won't understand what it's like to be black woman and LGBT but she'll understand about mental health and um you know she'll know she doesn't want you know for 
me to reveal certain things to work she's like oh well that'll go down in your record and she was very much you know um originally didn't want me to get the support that I was getting at school because she was very scared that that would come upon um the system in terms of my mental health at, at the time whereas now it's very much you know please speak about your mental health like they want to know they want to help and it's not that it's not recorded anywhere but it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be of any detriment to you in terms of your workplace so that's something that she's had to learn and it'll be exactly mm-hmm. the same for your mum as well so it is it's, it's just things that were that you know they've just been frightened of because they've not had that acceptance of of that during their time but it's you know it's nice to know that we, we've got that now we've got that security of you know we're not going to be judged on our mental health our disability the color of our skin whether we need extra supporting work you know all of that is there and supported which means you know we've got some really good and incredible laws at the moment um that mm-hmm. are supporting us so you know we, we've got to be thankful for that Yes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen and Jazz Keys, are you ready for the next subject of Tea Time? Ready. Let's go. Yes. Okay. For anyone who just um, arrived now, welcome to Tea Time. If this is your first time, this is talking about my special guest, Jazz Keys, live as she is, who she is today. So let's get into your next subject. So uh, as you are who you are, Jazz Keys, your next subject of Tea Time is piece of music of inspiration and influence now before you get into it child i had to give you a slap in the wrist because i know you're about music but child (laughs) (laughs) do you want to explain do you want to explain to the viewers what you did originally Oh my lord! I was just like, I, 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 can't. I was like, this is just a difficult question. Um, I, I honestly just couldn't. I, I couldn't choose. Like you were sort of like telling me to choose a specific car that I like, and now I'm a car enthusiast as well. I just can't choose. You're like, like you know, I can't do it. I, I, I can't <laughs> do it. It's like, can you, Gabby? Can you choose? Which one out of the Jedward brothers is your favourite? Now I don't like the Jedward brothers, but if if, if for whatever reason you told me to choose, right? I'd be like, um, I don't know. I really just okay, don't so know. I don't know. What we're gonna do, what we're gonna do is because you actually um brought in a specific answer, what I'm gonna allow you to do, because you're a fabulous musician, I'm sure. Uh, let's go in depth with your your specific um, answer. And then I'm gonna give you the opportunity to quickly just swiftly mention the others. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, quick mention. So let's get into it. So your choice of music is? So my choice of music and album is I am a massive fan of PJ Morton and his album Gumbo. Um, When I listened to the live version and obviously the recorded version and the one that he also did at Spotify, um, I listen to that album and that literally that album I actually found in 2018 so that was me tough that was my tough year um mm-hmm. but honestly there's some songs on there even now I listen to them and they just make me weep um now I'm not sure if you've ever heard of have you heard of Jasmine Sullivan I absolutely love Jasmine Sol- um, Sullivan listen bust my windows there Tiger, we go. Tiger Lions, and oh, I forgot right. what was the name now. <laughs> so there's but you one know what called I mean. In Love With Another Man. Have you ever listened to that one? 
Uh, I haven't listened to a uh, majority of the album, but I have listened to her newest uh, work. But I only listened to her first album many years ago and her recent one, which is pretty incredible, really. Yes, no, she's she's honestly a fantastic singer and her riffs in, in general are ridiculous. And I could talk mm-hmm. about Jasmine Sullivan all of it, but I've been told that I need to say specific to one, so I'm going to stay specific to PJ mention You can quickly mention them, but let's just mostly talk about this album. So you can give quick mentions to whoever right now, or if you want to save it to the end, um, do so, whatever you want to do. Well, it was just one song by Jasmine Sullivan and it's called In Love With Another Man. Every time that song comes on the radio, I cry. And honestly, I listened to a footballer play. He's an amazing footballer as well. Um, But he's also on TikTok and he is... I've, I've never listen to someone play the keyboard like he does like i honestly just I, I i was i was happy to drop my pants for him and get married it was that quick um he mm-hmm. played the piano like no tomorrow and it was absolutely gorgeous but he did a rendition of this song and honestly i just sat there and cried now pj morton is one of those where i can put on his album and it doesn't matter what mood i'm in whether i'm angry sad annoyed frustrated um horny happy sleepy <laughs> tired um I will put on this album and it doesn't matter which song I'm listening to. It will just make me think, oh my God, he's such a fantastic songwriter, artist, musician, recorder, um, producer. Like he's, he, he does it all. And I've never met um, him in general, but I honest, if I ever could, PJ Morton, if you're listening, I love you. Please marry me. Um, honestly, <laughs> he is phenomenal like if if i could genuinely like i, I don't know if he's married I, I've, I've not checked out on his single status recently um i'll have to do this whilst i'm obviously talking to you but he honestly is someone that i really would implore everyone to just listen to um if you're thinking well who is pj morton never heard of him he was actually the keyboardist for coldplay originally and if you mm-hmm. so if you're a Coldplay fan, you should know of his name. Um, but he is um oh, he's just phenomenal. So he does a song on there called Claustrophobic. And mm-hmm. he basically writes about being in the music industry and how they sort of wanted him to change and be this person that he never was. And he just yeah, he wrote this song called Claustrophobic and just the the music, the chords the way that he does it is phenomenal. He does some really good covers as well of the Gap Band, which has got, um, it had someone called Charlie Wilson in, who's like an old sort of like um, R&B star. And he does a cover of Yearning For Your Love. Now, when I've heard this song, the bass in this does things to my areas. Um, I I honestly don't know how else to explain this, but it, it just does things. And, it probably just needs to go on a particular playlist because it's that good. It is such a good song. Um, and he does another cover of the Bee Gees, um, How Deep Is Your Love? But he mm-hmm. gets Yabba. So have you ever heard of Yabba? Um, Yabba as in, was it a rapper? Um, so Ever, uh, sorry, Yabba did a song called Evergreen. Mm-hmm. Will you wait for me? Really, really beautiful song. 
um, and fantastic singer. I've just not given it justice then. And also because I'm not warmed up and I'm in bed lying down. So I probably sounded like a strained monkey. Um, but um, it's honestly the most beautiful rendition of this song um, that I think I've ever heard. Um, and my favourite song on there is First Began. And he wrote about it when... Um, actually, he is married. Um, his first love, um, and um, uh, to his to his wife, he's got kids now. And is the first line is like, "No one makes me feel the way you do inside." And I'm like, "Oh my god, could someone just write this song for me, like, or a similar song like this to me, like, if they were ever going to marry me or propose to me?" Because oh, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Like, just listening to it, like, if I die. I hope to find you in another life so we can fall in love again. No mm-hmm. line beats that. Like, oh my gosh, just uh, uh, like genuinely, I, I, I'm so touched to hear that line. But when he sings it, it's just phenomenal. And just, yeah, just his song, his, his songmanship, his songwritingship is just, it, yeah, it, it, it genuinely renders me speechless, which is probably why I'm sounding a bit like kind of, caught up in myself but it really is I, I really and honestly implore you to listen to this album I've listened to this album so many times and there is not a song on there that I skip so that tells you personally that honestly it is an album worth listening to in terms of musicality in terms of songwriting in terms of production in terms of who he's got as uh, people um, uh, uh, sort of f- featured um the 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 penmanship the 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 lyrics of the words like i am mm-hmm. um someone who does something called semiotic analysis so that's sort of about like analyz- analyzing music in terms of its syntax that's its sentence um it's um so you've got syntomatic you've got sort of the uh paradigmatic so that's looking at the examples within the music and finding the moments that really just make you go Oh, that's so amazing. Um, you've then got the emotional side of the music as well that you listen to. So how does it make you feel? And then you've mm-hmm. got processual. So how does it make you feel afterwards? And for me, if, if I was to do an analysis on that, I think it would generally be a 20,000 paper, um, <laughs> word of paper, because it, it, I can't get enough of the music. And I probably would be very one-sided because I absolutely love it, but I don't care. Um, he before, the, before you go any longer... Sorry to interrupt. Before you go any longer, let me just quickly remind Jazz Keys of well, what music of influence she has chosen. So this is an album um, by PJ Morrison, and the album is called Gumbo. It is the fourth and first self-released studio album by the American singer-songwriter and pianist keyboards a keyboarder and um, pj morton it was released on april 14 2017 by morton records which is his independent record label and the record incorporates r&b styles with the elements of older soul music its lyrics discuss themes of romance and explores political and personal themes the album is entirely produced by morton himself and features guest appearances by Pell, BJ, and the Chicago Kid, and R&B singer Anthony Hamilton's backup group, The Hamiltones. Um, the yeah. album features the cover of the Bee Gees' How Deep Is Your Love, 
Gumbo did not manage to enter the US Billboard 200 chart, but upon its release, it received positive reviews from most music critics who complimented Morton's style and praised him for his singing and songwriting. Gumbo earned Morton two Grammy nominations for Best R&B Album and Best R&B Song at the 60th Annual Grammy Awards. Babes, I listened to this album when you told me this. I listened to it quickly um, yesterday. Listen, I absolutely am gushing how fabulous this yeah. album is. Like, I've yes. never heard of this guy before until you wrote it down. I was like, who the hell did she choose? So I had to go up and, yeah. and do my research. <laughs> and oh my God, this album is absolutely gorgeous. It's just beautiful. I just, it's one of those where a lot of people go, Gabby, the music you listen to is so weird and out there because he isn't out there. He isn't that well known. However, if you're in the, and I say in the community, I say very niche market, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to sound really um, stuck up here as a musician, but it's one of those, like, he is very much into his neo-soul, his soul, his R&B side. So if that is something that you're into, like, if you know about Jill Scott, if you know um, about things like Ladisi, if you know about, like, Jasmine Sullivan, he starts popping around those areas, but you really have to look. So unless you sort of are really looking for him, you wouldn't necessarily know about him as such, but he's played for so many different artists that he's just phenomenal. Like he just, it just came up literally. Um, and I think it, it, it come up originally somewhere in 2018, I believe, um, where I just started listening to it and I think it was just sort of a, like near my birthday as well and I just thought oh my god why have I not heard this guy um and yeah he had done a um battle of the bands in America and one of the teams uh called be on it had got to um sort of liaise with him sort of musically and they'd done a cover of one of his works and I thought right okay I want to look more into his his music and then pop this came up and it was like this has been released and I was like oh what's this and after after that I, I I remember literally being in my car and I couldn't leave I was I was outside in my car going right all I've got to do is just go inside but I didn't want to I just wanted to stay inside my car and just I just kept driving I, I, there, there was no purpose for me to keep on driving I could have gone straight inside but I actually physically couldn't turn off my engine and stop the CD uh, or, or the Spotify I had to just carry on listening because it was that breathtaking I, I honestly um, would implore you guys to, to you know whoever's listening to please go listen to this album because you will listen to it and you'll be like what the heck is this girl listening to but mm-hmm. listen to the words, listen to the music, listen to what he's saying, because it's just phenomenal. It really is. And can I just put it out there, for a foodie myself, I'm absolutely appreciative of how he titled it Gumbo. So for anyone yeah. who's unaware of what Gumbo is, Gumbo is a classical, shall we say, traditional um um, Creole dish um, all the way originated yep. from New Orleans and yep. it's basically was it? it's basically shall we say like a stew slash soup it's really yeah. I've never actually tried it myself and I really am dying to try it so listen I have the cookbook of Khaleesi's so Khaleesi uh-huh. put um, a recipe about gumbo so I might have to try it one day try it I mean you could have like different varieties of meat or seafood 
Um, and you, normally a meat-based one probably has like chicken in, um, but you can get really fancy with it. Like, you know, people have added in duck, um, you know, but I know we sort of like how my nan's tried to make it. It's n mainly been with sort of like meat and probably some seafood as well. So mm -hmm. probably like some chicken and maybe some prawns with like a bit of like uh, spring onion. Um, and then it's got like this gravy sort of like sauce to it as well, all this mm -hmm. roux. Um, and uh, probably like bell peppers. Um, this, is the, this is the thing I love though, um, because I'm mentioning this, because um, it's not necessarily the food part, which I love. The reason why I love it is because he used the title as Gumbo. And if you yeah. look at the artwork, the cover album, it's him just staring, was it, staring into whatever whilst he's yeah. at the dinner table eating uh, a bowl of gumbo with a uh, beer on the side. And Literally. this is absolutely, for me, this is a, a genius name for an album because if you look, look at the research, he did the majority of this work in New Orleans and New Orleans was yeah. uh, um, gumbo originated, you know? It made sense. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But also with the fact that gumbo... Um, and I think that's the thing as well is sort of in terms of the artistry and in terms of the name is that when you listen to all of the different pieces of music, you can tell the different varieties of music that has um, that he's involved. So he's looked at R&B, he's looked at soul, he's got a little bit of reggae in there. He's got some beautiful sort of um, sort of monophonic pieces that are just sort of like him just soloing, using his voice, but maybe using like a vocoder. Um, all of these are like different genres, subgenres, meta genres that he's pieced together to create this album. So it's not just an entirely rock influenced album. It's like, you know, you'll listen to First Began and it's got that beautiful, classical, soulful, sit back, romantic, classical side. Then you've got sort of your yearning for your love, which has got this sort of old school vibe with a bit of R&B, with a bit of soul kick um, and sort of like new wave, neo soul vibe. Then you've got sort of um, how deep is your love, which is, again, still got the old classic vibe, but he's managed to sort of make it a bit more new age. Um, he's, it, it, it's just a fantastic album of listening to different, like he's got a really you know but of religion in there as well and you know he's got a bit of you know uh, use of ebonics so like you know they gone come so they're like using like an old sort of like negro spiritual um he's just fantastic I, i'm i'm literally I, I can't speak about him anymore because i'll just cry uh he's just awesome <laughs> he's really awesome absolutely amazing artist yes and for those who are not convinced listen this was critically acclaimed. Like this is, this is what we call genius work. This is a, I can't I can't fault it any anymore. You know. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It, it honestly mm -hmm. is. If 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 you're if you've listened to it and you want to message me going, Gabby, this is a pile of crap. What the hell are you listening to? Please feel free to come and argue with me because I will argue till the cows come home. Um, <laughs> that this is a absolute piece of art and it's gonna sound very different to what you listen to. It's not your Cheryl Cole. It's it's not your 
um, I'm Billie Eilish. It's not your, and, and don't get me wrong, all of these artists are amazing. I'm not disputing these for a fact, but I'm just saying that he has a different niche, a different perspective, just a certain something that you ain't going to find anything else. And it's just so realistic and so down to earth. And because mm-hmm. it's, you know, something that, again, he released himself, he had the ability to do anything. And that's what he did. Like, you know, it was very much sort of like, you know, that Kendrick Lamar vibe when he first decided to come out and, and release his own music and mm-hmm. um, Chance the Rapper as well. You know, they had this ability to just do whatever they want to do because it wasn't with, with um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't with a, uh, why can I not think? It wasn't with a label. It was just, you know, they had the audacity to go, yeah, I ain't, I ain't going to listen to a hell of a thing that you're going to say. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, and they did it. And it was just phenomenal. And it was the same for him. He was like, look, I'm claustrophobic. I've had enough. I'm doing it myself. And he's gone and done it. And not only has he gone and done it, he's just going to prove them all wrong and gone. I am phenomenal and you should have taught me for who I am. And also the reason why I find it so inspiring is that it literally says, take me for who I am. And it's the same for me. Please just take me for who I am. Don't try and change me. Uh, If Mm -hmm. I need to change, I will do it in the way that I want to change and I will improve myself in my own time. But don't give me advice, give me support, give me spiritual advice, pray for me. All of those, that's brilliant, but don't try and change me into something that I'm not. And that speaks very powerful words over my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the messages on the next subject, do you want to give on- honorary mentions of those that you um, you put forward as well? Oh, right. Okay, so if you guys also don't know about Jill Scott, if I mention the word golden she wrote a beautiful song called the word golden but she's done some fantastic works um so jill scott again another amazing woman actress um writer she does a lot of spoken word poetry i'm not on about jill scott heron i'm on about jill scott lovely female neo soul artist absolutely amazing um just old 90s r&b in general is my favorite i absolutely love it um, but then there is also Tank as well, who also has this gospel feel, but does it in a very R&B, very nice sexual way. So I'm not going to lie, Tank is definitely in my playlist um, when I do decide to get some. I don't know, it's been how many years, I don't know if it's ever going to happen again, Paolo, to be honest. But, ever, <laughs> but Tank is absolutely awesome. <laughs> he really is awesome and he's just... He, brought out an album not that long ago, actually. Uh, I'd say a couple of years ago, really. That's just absolutely phenomenal. I really would implore you to listen to it because he's, again, he's he's amazing. And he also plays keys. And again, I'm a keys girl. So he's got some chords in there that just makes you go, Woo! and yeah, that, that's me. I've got what's called a bass face. Um, but the bass face doesn't necessarily have anything necessarily just to do with the bass. It could be, oh my God, they've just hit a chord and it's made me go, Hoo! but you can't really do, do a face. So your face just goes, Hoo! That's the bass face. <laughs> I love it's like, oh, girl, that's so nasty. That damn nasty. That bass. Mm, child. That, mm. <laughs> that's sort of like something. Like, you know, like, it's, the only way I can explain it is sort of like something stinks in the room, but you're happy about it. You're like, mm, that's the only way I can explain the face. So sort of you scrunch your face, but you nod 
to go, mm-hmm. that's that's it. That's that's how you do it. So I know all of you are trying that at home now. So scrunch your face and nod. That is the base face. <laughs> I you love heard it that. here first. <laughs> Okay, let's um, play this ditty and see what it's saying. Oh my god, I know you guys want to go on to the next segment, but I'm literally making sloppy joes. And I did like the homemade, because you gotta make it from scratch. And that was my oven timer, because I time everything meticulously. Because, you know, <laughs> five-star chef here. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Brilliant. So making sloppy joes. I've never had a sloppy joe. I would love one. I've never had a sloppy joes as well. I, I mean, I know of it, but... I've never was I've never really considered um, making it myself. And Kai, if you what do have mean? a good recipe of sloppy joes, hit me up, babes. I would love that. I want to know what it includes. I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, it's oh, it's ground beef. It's, okay. it's, it's mostly beef, babes. Yeah. Can we do a lamb one, please, Kai? <laughs> you don't I don't use lamb mince, babe. Can I do lamb mince or pork or turkey? Either one of those, I'm fine. We call it mince, they call it ground beef over there, or ground lamb, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh, ground lamb. <laughs> yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Jazz Keys, are you ready for your next subject of two time? I am totally ready. Let's do it. Uh, basically, oh, before we do it, I just want to give you a little perking up, because I know you love this. Yes. There you go. <laughs> To be honest, we need that for the next subject because you tried to get me to, again, minimise it down. I feel like every university lecturer like, came back to haunt me yesterday when you were like, can you like shorten it down a little bit? You've wrote too much. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, God, the PTSD I bet you're, is coming I bet, you're like thinking, I bet you're thinking when you saw my, my answer, you were like, wow, this is a bit triggering. <laughs> like, literally, I was sat there and I was like, oh, my God, Dr. Brocken's back. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Brocken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god don't worry uh, don't worry I, i'm gonna allow you to speak um to the um about these ones okay so based on who you are as you are jazz keys your next subject of tea time is a tv series slash film of inspiration and influence okay oh. you have not one not two but three, <laughs> perhaps four or five. But we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Okay, so what oh are your choices God. tonight? I also realised I didn't give you the film either, which is really bad. So um, I'm not going to mention it now. I'll, if there's time, I'll come back to it. So um, if you guys haven't heard of this, um, I, I don't know where you've been living, but I'm a mass. Mahusif fan, even though it's been discontinued for years, Mahusif fan of my wife and kids. Oh my God, it's like the funniest thing that I've ever watched. If you put an episode on, I will know it word for word. My family and I still watch it because it either comes on five or it used to come on Trouble back in the day when Trouble was a channel on, on Sky TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it is like one of the funniest sort of like um, black sort of family shows, very similar to um i was i was gonna say sort of like one-on-one and um there was all of us and um, i grew up with this show by the way i grew up with this did you grow up yeah i grew up and i absolutely loved it this is why when i uh when i replied to you i was just like listen what is going on because i feel like we like the same tv (laughs) slash film situation honey loved it honestly i just uh if, if if you 
I was going to say back in the day when we didn't know that Crosby was a little bit weird. Um, but if you did like the the, Cos- the Cosby show, um, it is very much the modern version of that. But um, it, it it's just great. It's just a brilliant sort of like good old black family time comedy, um, which actually when it came to um, understanding how my family works, I could honestly go. My dad is Michael. Um, my mom is Jay. Um, my sister was Katie and I was um, Junior. I wasn't even mm-hmm. Claire. I was Junior um, because I wasn't pretty. I had a big head and I was dumb. Um, but I had a little bit of sensibility with Claire in that sort of, you know, um, I very much was like trying to bring someone home and, you know, trying to bring someone in that was quite nice to the family, but the family like just weren't accepting Tony. Um, mm. That very much was... <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Um, so I honestly love uh, my wife. I still love it now and can recite it. Um, and one of my favourite episodes was Jay the Artist, where um, Jay puts um, a picture of Michael, she paints a picture of Michael and it gets to go into an art studio when Steve Harvey's on this programme. Um, and um, there's also the infamous Junior poem, which if you want to Google my wife and kids and Junior's poem, it's the funniest thing that I think I've ever watched. And like, I could recite it now, but it gives it no um, support in terms of me doing it because it makes no sense. Um, but it's honestly the funniest thing I've ever watched and will forever be an, an all-time classic for me to continue to keep on watching. Um, Before so that's the it, first one. Mm-hmm. Before you get into the next one, let me just remind everyone... Uh, what my wife and kids are. So it's an American sitcom that ran on ABC from March 28th, 2001 to May 17th, 2005. The series was produced by Touchstone Television and it starred Day- um, Damon Waynans as Michael Kyle and the pa- um, patriarch of the semi-dysfunctional upper-middle-class African-American family. Oh, child, that was a mouthful Ooh. there. Who rules his um, household with a unique and dis- um, distinct parenting style? As he teaches the three children some of the life lessons, he does so with his own brand of humor. And yeah, they, they this was like five seasons, and it was thirty minutes long for each episode. This was an incredible, um, like incredible show. I was quite saddened when they had to end it because I was like thinking, listen, the view- the viewership when it ended was still strong. It was still going, you know? It was awesome. Like it ended with, was it Jay f- fell pregnant? And that was like mm-hmm. the last episode. And I was like, no! <laughs> like I really wish they'd bring it back now because honestly people would want it back. It's just do you so think was it? Do you think it would work as a revival still? Um... I think there'd be something, some challenges that they'd have in terms of sort of like um, the, there was quite, there was a little bit of homophobia in there. Um, I think actually as, as, as the literally dysfunctional family that they were, I think it would work um, because they're older now. Uh, Junior's child would have grown up. Um, but you I mentioned think... homophobia, but this was at a time when, shall we say, uh, homosexuality was still considered taboo. Yeah. So I think there'll be some things that they really would have to sort of iron out and, um, yeah, sort of make appropriate before they could sort of maybe rebroadcast again mm-hmm. with a new idea. Um, but obviously I know all the things have come out, you know, in in, in that regard that are very similar as well. 
Um, that's either, uh, you know, come out on BET or maybe Tyler Perry's done something with Medea at some point. Um, you know, so there's things there, but I honestly just miss the old sort of, you know, Michael Kyle going, uh, no. Nah. And like him doing dance moves and, you know, getting his kids to, to do certain things to get the mother to be happy or Jay having a breakdown and start singing about the fact that she played the house in the whiz um, or, you know, Claire Kyle being really sort of like self-absorbent, um, Katie Kyle being the baby of the family and then Junior just mm-hmm. acting like the, the dumb random man in, in it and being the brother and knocking up his girlfriend in his parents' bed. All of these things were just sort of like, oh, my God, this is just... It, it was just classic gold back then. Um, but yeah, there before, are some things that they'd have to iron out. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into your, um, your next choice, I just want to sing you a song because it's relating to this. You can gaze okay. into the future, future, future. <laughs> you might think life would be a breeze. Life is seeing trouble it's from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not the easy. Oh, no. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, Jazz Keys, <laughs> can you let them know what you chose next? Oh, that's so Raven. It's the future oh, I can see. That's so Raven, staring at me. That's so Raven. It's the future I can see. So it's so mysterious, me. Yeah. Yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So why was it? Why that's so Raven as well? Oh my god. So that's so Raven. With the fact that obviously she's come out as a gay woman and she's now married, I absolutely fancied that's so Raven. So I really should have probably noticed back then, really. Um, but I was <laughs> a massive, massive fan of this girl. The fact that it was a black girl who was psychic, I thought I was psychic. I was like, Mom, I'm telling you, I know what's gonna happen before it happens and i used to tell my mother i could see around corners and she thought i was loopy then so <laughs> that didn't help um but oh, i just i just loved everything about it um and just the scenarios that she'd get herself into like the scenarios i got myself into at school like they weren't troublesome and were going to be causing me trouble or getting me detention or anything because i was a bit of a teacher's pet but i would get myself into situations with my mates where i'd be thinking oh dear god is that what I just said? Is that what I've just done? And friends would go, yeah, that is what you said. That is what you've done. I'm like, yeah, okay, I deserve that. Um, and also sort of like having a friend like Chelsea Daniels. I, oh my God, I just loved, I just loved her, the the idea of her. Um, I, I wanted that friend in school. And I did sort of have that friend in school, but I just wanted her to try and say, do you carry a lunchbox? And there was no one that could really say that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and honestly, that's still to this day, um, she actually does it on Raven's Home, um, which is the new episode that Raven does. And I started watching that as well. And she, she just comes in, she goes, do you carry a lunchbox? Do you, want to, do you want to know a fun fact about Go this um, That's So Raven? So, yes. okay, fun fact. And I really wanted to mention this to someone who loves the show, but unfortunately no one knew about the show from my friend circle back then. But mm-hmm. when was there? When I was watching this show, That's So Raven, the cast, came to do like a UK tour, something like that. And I bumped into Annalise Van der Poel. <gasps> and she was no so incredibly friendly like she is such a sweetheart oh my god i'd love to meet her 
I just, I just want to know who I'm talking about. Annalise played Chelsea um, in That's So Raven, by the way. Absolutely amazing. That's so cool. Oh my God. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I wanted to marry um, Raven anyway. Um, Raven Simonier. Um, and obviously, she was also on Drag Race as well as a. Um, she did the season she did All, Stars All Stars. Yes, the first one she judged where um, Coco Montrese did that terrible dance. Um, and, <laughs> and, and oh my God, it was. It was but wait, was, I want to mentioning this All Stars. Are you yeah. aware that um, Adore Delano revealed um, at that time Raven was the um, was the reason why she quit? Because apparently, because <gasps> apparently, according to Adore Delano, they didn't was it they didn't um, release this, but Raven um, really went hardcore on Adore Delano because um, I don't know what happened exactly because I, I can't I forgot about it now, but. She blames Raven Simonier for her quitting All Stars at that time. No way. Oh, I really love Adore. No, don't make me choose between Adore and Raven. Not online. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making you choose, but I'm making you aware of the situation, you know? No, 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 no. I'm just thinking now, like, it's one of those situations where I'm going, oh, but I really love Adore Delano. Um, but it was the dress, wasn't it? It was the dress in the purple wig, and I remember Raven really going in on it. Like, she was like, that's a horrible dress. Um, yeah. And mm -hmm. in all honesty, Adore, I love you, but it was a terrible dress, and it did nothing for your figure, darling. But she did not need to go in like that. I, I, I yeah, I probably would agree with that. But at the same time, was it? She was going through... What people didn't realize, like she was dealing with the death of her dad, and the situation. I'm not gonna get into it because we're we're off topic now. But the situation was, um, Adore Delano chose to take herself out of that situation on All Stars because even though she wasn't close with her dad, she mm. was it. She was feeling um, regretful that he passed away, not even having a chance to say goodbye. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bless her. I do love Adore Delano. I think she's absolutely awesome. Really good drag queen. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I yeah, also love before her. You were there, before you continue, sorry. So quickly, That's So Raven is an American supernatural sitcom that originally ran on Disney Channel from 17th of January 2003 to November 10th, 2007. Set in San Francisco, the series um, stars American actresses Raven Simonia as Raven Baxter, a teenage a teenager with psychic abilities who drew on her ingenuity, talent as a fashion designer, and a variety of disguises to get in and out of amusing and just oh, I can't pronounce that sorry um, situations basically with um, Orlando Brown and Annalise Van der Poel. Before you was Ooh. it? Before you get into it. Mm -hmm. um, are you watching Raven's Home, the uh, spin-off? I did. I did start watching it. I'm currently still going through it at the moment, but I think I got through season one. Um, I think they've actually just started recording for season three, if I'm correct. Um, but I think there are two seasons on there at the moment, so I've got another it's season. It's actually, apparently there's four seasons now. Is it four? So it might be recording four then, or maybe I've not. Okay, so I've caught two seasons. Was it, here's my question quickly. Um, with the spin-off, do you believe, was it, do you believe it has the same kind of like love and formula that it had back then? Or do you believe it's not really the same as much? 
it's not the same, but it provides a new audience, and I think it is lovely. Um, I just like seeing Raven, and in all honesty, but I think knowing even more so now that she's obviously gay and she's come out, there's something about her that's even more attractive. So I, I, I do like to pair. But also, Annalise is also looking really hot. So now I've also got something for Annalise. I need to just start with myself and get a partner because I think it's just the fact that I'm single. Um, like also, just give you the heads up, by the way. We have 45 minutes until it, um, the three-hour mark hits. So okay. the reason why I mentioned three hours is because three hours is the limit I can get to transfer this on Spotify. So okay. just give me the heads up warning, okay? That's fine, darling. That's completely fine. Yeah, continue, continue. Um, so, yeah, no, massive fan of that, Sir Raven. Again, it's, uh, for me, I think I just realised I really just loved her and the situations that she was getting herself into. She's also someone who's black and LGBT. So, for me, I just, I just really just loved her as a person. I know she said some absolutely crazy and weird stuff that even I'm just like wait what did you just say but I'm, I'm, I'm putting that aside and I'm like you know what she's she's just great as as an actress and you know I know you she's know had what, a you know what I love bit. about this show the fact that back then especially on Disney Channel they yeah. brought issues that really needed to be mentioned such as like racism yeah uh, like sexism there was so much yeah. issues that yeah. people weren't aware of when they were watching the show they were like oh it's so funny it's so funny oh it's such a sad episode people yeah. back then weren't really aware of the deep issues mm-hmm. that they were discussing even though it was like shall we say a comedy yeah, like there was ones about sort of like junk food that she did. There was one about the Black History Month. Um, she did one about being racially profiled for a job in Saks, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember the name of the um, shop. Yeah, it was Saks. Um, and, um, you know, she's done one about obviously things in regards to like friendships, um, you know, and, and obviously having having either Charles's back or Eddie's back at that time, which is obviously Orlando. Um, and there was, you know, giving your friends the opportunity to bring something else to the table, not just having your own opinions, um, the family dynamics, um, generally just being a psychic and just being black, being in a school with, you know, there was always one stinky child in school, the, 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 <laughs> the teacher who would spray as they spoke, um you know there was just so many different dynamics where like i just thought actually it just it really just applied to to my life and it was just it was just great it was just it was just an awesome representation of a really good um black actress um obviously more so now in terms of lgbt um but also just as in terms of what she aspired to be she was she was just great she was really good mm-hmm. um quickly what was your favorite episodes um Oh my gosh! Uh, it it has to be the one where she does. Uh, she tries to get her dad's job back, um, and you know, get Victor back. And it was mm-hmm. mainly that that whole episode of "Do You Carry a Lunchbox?" That was like the funniest line I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, honestly, just Do you carry a lunchbox. <laughs> and just the way that she looks at her, but actually the the outtakes of that are even funnier because even Raven can't keep it together. And I honestly. I've never laughed so much <laughs> at, at that. Um, where, do you think, the, where do you think they got that idea from? Because it was like the most hilarious moment I've ever I don't know. Like, it literally just was like, do you know who I mean? 
do you do you oh, what was it what was the line that he said do you watch tv and then like she literally just went do you carry lunchbox and i think it's because back then you have those sort of like suitcases <laughs> didn't you where like you know like probably now you've got like paw patrol and pepper pig on it but back then it was sort of um maybe tweenies or or whatever else so the fact that she was like do you carry a lunchbox you know was sort of like you know <laughs> i thought every time i even say it like that like i can hear child do you carry a lunchbox <laughs> oh kills me absolutely just, just that sentence alone like makes me crease just the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life um and it's like i can't quote this in school but i just want someone to bring in a, a lunchbox into school well because everyone has cooked lunches at school I, I can never say it so i'm gonna have to move to a school where they bring in like packed lunches um just so i can say this line because it's just uh, before that before we go any longer, let me just quickly remind what we the fuck we're talking about, by the way. <laughs> Favorite TV shows, and that's a raven. There you go. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you carry a lunchbox? <laughs> Uh, quickly, I wanted to ask you: Have you have you seen um, that Sir Raven the re- reunion on on the View? No. Yes, there was. Uh, so once upon a time, uh, Raven Simone was um, one of the hosts of um, one of the panelists. Sorry for she the was. View, which is like yeah. the US version of Loose Women, basically. And yes, yeah. yeah, so Raven Simone brought um, brought back. Um, Annalise, Orlando, um, the brother who played Corey, and oh yeah, unfortunately, the parents were unavailable. But yeah. at least was there, at least they had a, their own um, reunion, you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm surprised Orlando came back because I know he's had quite a few issues with his past. But this yeah, was before this was before the issues happened. By the way. Ah right. Okay, I'll have to have a look at this. I'm I'm putting it down to watch. Mhm, mhm. Okay, and quickly, what uh, other choice did you choose as well? I did choose the Big Bang Theory, and a lot of people will be like, "Oh my lord, really?" Honestly, <laughs> I've watched every episode. I have a cushion that says Gabby's spot on it. I had a jumper with a lightning bolt on. I am forever a Sheldon. Will forever be a Sheldon. And I am the weird. I was like Bazinga, no? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's you know what it is. What it why it relates to me so much is because in a lot of groups, I'm the geek. Even though weirdly, I don't see myself as that clever. I am the geek in a lot of my friendship groups, mm-hmm. and I'm also the awkward datey. Like. I just can't seem to find anyone to date because I am just not. I'm not specific, and I'm not anal about it. What it is is that I I just generally just struggle with relationships, um, mm-hmm. and and friendships because I just struggle to have normal conversations. Like I am, as you probably guessed with this episode, I am quite a deep person and I am quite a philosophical person. I like to chat. I like to have really deep, meaningful conversations. So when someone's like oh my gosh, did you read the Hello magazine? I'm like, no, babes, no, um, no. Um, 
um, oh my gosh, what did you do at the weekend? I'm like, I sat and read a, a book on um, why racism in the UK has tripled um, in the last 10 years. Right. Okay. Like, I, I can't have a, a small social like I really really struggle like I am someone who is autistic um and I have really tried very much to have normal engaging conversations like this is obviously easy because I'm doing it over the phone I'm not having to look at you face to face but if this was the first time me meeting you and I was to have this interview I really would one probably not be this chatty I would really struggle looking at you um these are things I've really had to get over even in terms of my teaching um sort of profession where I've had to engage with new students or things changing very rapidly quickly and I'm like I can't mm-hmm. cope with that um and it was very similar even though I know he sort of played a very very over the top autistic man um and in some areas he wasn't necessarily correct um the actual suitability and how he was as a person um, even like where I order from, I get the exact same order. I've got to get the exact same things, the exact same utensils at that time. Um, mm-hmm. Even my friends, like I'll go, can you tell me when you're changing your hair? Because I need to know, which sounds really stupid and really crazy, but it's actually become a running joke now with my friends. <laughs> where I'm like, um, can you tell me when you're dyeing your hair or cutting your hair? Because like I need to know. Like, yeah, of course we can. I'll send you a photo. I'm like, cool, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just weird. And, and, and I know it's weird and I know it's strange, but I just very much struggle with change um so even though i've changed a lot and i've moved a lot those flight moments have meant that i've had to um get over the fear of me changing because the actual fear of being rejected or the fear of not being understood or misunderstood um Mm -hmm. has overpowered that that sense of okay i need to change where i am because I realise that I am very, very misunderstood as a person. Like I can have a joke, I can have a laugh and then I'll have my moments of being serious. But there's also things that I just generally don't understand just due to social norms and conceptions that I've, I've tried to understand. But even if it's like I'm going to go meet someone new, like I'll Google it. I'll Google how to meet somebody. I'll Google how to have a date. So I'll Google when's the first time to have a proper kiss. I'll Google how to talk to someone about a particular situation because... I have to mirror sort of certain behaviors and Mm -hmm. I do. That's one thing that I generally really do struggle with. And I wish if anything, it's probably the the one thing that I really will get choked up about today is that I just really wish that I could have that sort of normal sense of conversation with somebody where I could, I could just interact with someone and know how to deal with it and, and be normal in that sense. But it's one thing that I've just, I've just always struggled with it. I've tried, I've, I've, googled i've tried to mirror and sometimes i'll get it wrong sometimes i get it really wrong and sometimes i'll get it right but i'm like okay but now i'll spend ages just sort of overanalyzing that and going did i get it right and it's it's one of the most frustrating frustrating things that i even after this i will sit there and overanalyze it because i can't help myself um Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just an annoying trait that i just wish i could get rid of but again also it makes me me so but would you say I, was it would you say um including the big Bang theory as your influence and admiration would yeah. you say you relate to these people like you understand like this kind of lifestyle that these uh, characters 
were yeah. basically being like, betrayed, such as Sheldon. Yeah, like, I'm sure Sheldon was relatable for you. He was because it was like, like it was sort of like the first time like he wanted to have sex and it was like, um, okay, I want to have coitus with Amy. And, you know, I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, I call it coitus. Oh my God, I call it coitus. Oh my God, this guy is me. Like it was when he said that sentence and I was like, oh, this is me. And um, it was at that moment, actually, I did get tested for autism. Like, yeah, you're autistic. I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Okay, that's fine. Thank you very much for clarifying that. Um, <laughs> and uh, like, we, we all knew I just needed a lesson to go, yeah, I'm autistic. Thank you very much. Thank you, please. Okay, and off I go. Um, but it'd be that thing of, you know, uh, not necessarily correcting because I'm not that I'm not I'm not at that level where I feel like I have to correct people because that, that's just not me and if, if anything to be honest that frustrates the heck out of me but what um sort of does get me is you know something musically that will really get underneath my skin because I just love music that much I'll go no that's not correct that's not right um but him as a person when it came to social things like you know meeting a girl and he'll be like she is a girl who is my friend but she's not my girlfriend and you know I'd, I'd make that very much he is a boy who is my friend but he's not my boyfriend to my mother um whereas now I'm like mom she is a girl she is a friend yes she is my girlfriend um and you know it's really such a different change in, in how I approach things or googling you know um what are oh, one of his best things was you know how to get um teenage girls excited and he didn't obviously realize what he was googling um and it was sort of that naivety of you know my friends were trying to get me to google certain things and i'm like two girls one cup i don't know what that could be about well let's google that mm-hmm. and they're like no, no and obviously now being a bit more mature i obviously now know what that's about so um I've, i yeah that that destroyed my life for a good year um yeah i won't go through that again <laughs> but definitely some um some definite moments with with sheldon where um he definitely did highlight some some moments to me where i thought yeah i really do need to get myself tested so actually he he made me realize that i might possibly be autistic but not in the senses of how he was portrayed or played as a character because that was very over the top autistic um mm-hmm. in, in some ways but yeah no, wow. I, I love the show. Lovely. Okay, let's get into this um, next ditty, and then we're going to go to your last subject of tea time. <gasps> Jazz Keys, how are you? Hello, Paolo. Yeah. Pereira. Okay, I hope I, I, I did not mess it up. Tea you time. Correct, okay, let's spill the tea. I'm here for the tea. Hey. Hello, oh my God. Friend. I listen to Para, like Para comes on at like sometimes two, three o'clock in the morning in the UK. And obviously she's like, uh, I think she's Pacific time. So um, she is like nearly eight hours or something behind. So every time she's on, it's sort of like, you know, nearly like nine, 10 o'clock in, in, the, in the night. And then um, mm-hmm. she ends up doing shows um about crisis hotlines and honestly it's like the funniest thing that i've like heard um like she'll just sit there she's like have you got a problem with being short have you got a problem <laughs> with being tall then you need oh to call 1-800 like oh it's just so hysterical and like she's like 1-800 i'm there for you 1-800 i'm there for you so i started like entering ones in like you know um do you have um a 
um, ex-partner who you keep calling. Do you like being hurt? You need to call 1-800-CHOKE-THAT-BITCH. 1-800-CHOKE-THAT-BITCH. <laughs> um, like, do, do, do you have a wide set vagina? <laughs> Just call 1-800-HEAVY-FLOW-VAGINA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh my god, I just want to quote that film. It's not my fault that I have a heavy slow or a wide fat vagina. I, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. It was just when he just turns and like, I can't do this. Has any of you felt personally victimized by Regina George? Okay. Oh my god, it's also one of my favorite movies. <laughs> oh my god, it's the sentence. Oh wait, my favorite my favorite one. Oh my god, it's Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh my god, it's Danny DeVito, I love your work. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to make rainbows and cakes and smiles. And she doesn't even go here. Do you even go here? No. Okay. I just have a lot of feelings. Okay, go home. <laughs> Okay, babe, listen, real talk, real talk. We had 17 minutes before it hits the three-hour mark. So, back to the last... Um, let's get back to the final subject of tea time. Quickly, um, it'll be your wildcard subject. So, basically, for anyone listening for the first time, tea time, welcome. So, the last subject, which is the wildcard subject, is what Jazz Keys can talk about. Um, anything, really. So, it could be anything she's uh, um, wants to make... Um, uh, mindful of anything that's influencing her, anything that she wants to advocate, anything that she wants to make aware of. Uh, so, Jazz Keith, take it away. What is your wildcard subject? So, my wildcard subject is, again, quite a deep topic, but it is something that I've also sort of um, talked about, actually, quite a bit because it does relate to myself, um, but also relates to quite a lot of people who will probably be listening if they're Black, Gay and Christian. Um, it's a topic that I really want to talk about because I realise the pressures that we have to be all three of those. Being Black in, in, in general is, is just hard. And, you know, there's certain things that as Black people we will understand that we will just have the struggle with that constantly, you know, no matter how much we... Uh, walk a path of, um, you know, tr tr trying to get the, uh, I say, sort of the best outlook on, on the situation that we have at the moment, which is not being treated fairly. Um, mm -hmm. we, we will constantly have this battle of being black and being different. These, this, these, this has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. I wish it is something that we could just change overnight, but it isn't and that's a realistic fact that's not me being pessimistic and saying it ain't gonna happen of course I would love mm -hmm. for it to happen in my lifetime but the true and actual fact is it's not going to happen like that until some real changes are being made we're still having to fight a cause of just being able to walk down the street drive a new car go into a shop with a hoodie on these are things that are just causing issues already without even opening our mouths and going actually I'm a highly educated person with a doctor degree from either Stanford or Oxford or wherever you are it, you know and, and that is something that has again been sewn into this systemic um, 
oppression that's just been laid on us for, for, for years and generations. So it's going to take time to unravel. And I, I really do pray to, to God for that achievement to hopefully be in my lifetime. But who is to say that it will happen and who's to say it's not? But we've got some definite work to do. Um, in terms of the uh, Christian side, um, Christianity in itself has been something that has been bestowed amongst the black community. It was something that was given to us in terms of a religious sort of understanding that wasn't our main mm -hmm. religion. But also what I'm also understanding of is if we've got this understanding of Christianity, then I really do want to implore in all the niceness that I can try and say this is we do have the Bible there. However, there are other theologists, philosophers, and all these other fantastic writers of articles and journals that are producing some work that is outside of the Bible that I really do feel that if you are going to try and preach to me about being gay and being Christian as wrong, mm -hmm. then please pick up another book and read that and then come back to me. And then once I can see that you've made an educated um, research and delved into something other than the Bible, then we can have a conversation. And that's not me being, you know, really stuck up and saying, don't talk to me until you've read something else that's not the Bible. What I'm saying is there is something more than just the Bible. Be similar to you doing a research paper. You don't just use the one book. You use quite a few different books to argue your point. And it's the same with, with this as well. Um, like I said previously, there's no mention of, the, of, of LGBT in the Bible. It's a mistranslation. Mm -hmm. If you can find another way of telling me that being gay is wrong, then fine, boo-boo. I will look into that and that's fine. Uh, and then I will make a decision from there. But I'm not going to have someone tell me that God ain't going to love me. I'm going to go to hell just because you've seen something in the Bible that's been a mistranslation and not actually done your research properly. Um, mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that's not your job uh, to throw stones. At the end of the day, your job is to preach the word of God and your job is to love those like you want to be loved yourself, give and it will come back to you. That is what it is. It's about being a good Samaritan. And I think as a lot of Christians, to be honest, have lost that pathway. And it's something that I really do feel that people just need to get back to their reasons as to why they love God and why they want to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, because it's about your journey at the end of the day. And as I said, if you can help others and you can be that good Samaritan, then please do that. Um, that is what I feel like my journey is about. You will obviously find your place in your journey, but my journey is, you know, if Paula's like, Gabby, I need a tenor and I have it and I realise he's broken, he's not got a job and I'm like, if I could do something to support him, then I will give him the tenor, that's fine. If he wants to pay me that back, then that's fine. He doesn't have to, but I'm like, if I have it, I will try my best or I will try and try to find a way to salvage those funds to support him because I realise he's in need. Um, obviously, I'm making sure he's obviously not taking the piss, but obviously, you know, but like, you know, I want to try and help Paolo as much as I can. That's me being a good Samaritan going out my way. I'm not going to be trying to post it on Facebook going, I did this for Paolo, me taking a photo, be handing the tenor to Paolo. That's not me either. I, if, if I can do something out of my way that I can do privately and support someone or 
Or even if it's just going past someone who needs a jacket or I have some spare food that I've got from a restaurant I've just paid for and I can see someone's hungry, I will give that to them as well. I just want to be able to support people in whatever way I can. I'm not always going to get it right, but I will try whatever I can do to support others. That's what the Christian journey is about. And I'm, I'm just, in, in that regards, I am just really tired of this, this bashing of of the LGBTQ community and getting involved with the Christian community. Um, I think also being black and LGBT has come with its issues. Um, being black and straight, I've, in, in that regard, before I'd obviously come out, I was very much fetishized as, oh my gosh, you're black. Uh, you know, once you go black, you never go back. Um, oh my God, I've never been with a black woman. And these are sentences that I just really just think just need to stop, not just in the straight community, but also in the gay community. We There's still this want to, oh, I've never been with a black woman. I've, not, I've never been with a black man. And there's just this, you know, um, weirdness about how people are with with black people in the gay community and I think a lot need a lot more needs to be done about that um there is actually and if, if anybody actually is interested there is the UK uh, black pride event um that actually is taking place um on the 2nd of July through to the 4th of July um this year in the UK in London and it is going to be done by the lovely co-founder Lady Phil um, who's also a lesbian woman, and she started this nearly 16 years ago. Um, so if you do also want to find out more about Black Pride and, and you know, Black Awesomeness, then um, please, please feel free to um, go to that event and support, um, whether as an ally, um, as if you're in a relationship with someone who's Black, whatever it is, you know, I'd, I'd really love to... Um, you know, see some people there and showing support for, for Black Pride and just educating yourself more on the struggles that we have. And weirdly enough, their um, topic this year, I believe, is on love and rage. Um, so we'll be going through all the things that have happened, you know, during COVID, uh, during the pandemic. You know, we've lost a lot of um, good people, whether uh, trans, whether gay, whether straight. Um, you know, we, we just want to acknowledge that, you know, there are still some battles that we have to fight. And, you know, the Black Pride is for the African, Asian, Caribbean, Latin American and Middle Eastern descent. Um, so if you are free, 2nd of July through to the 4th of July, I do believe that tickets are available. So if you do want to head over um, and buy yourself some tickets, I will be hopefully going with some friends, um, COVID approving, and hopefully that it will be open um, and it won't get shut down. So, yeah, it would be lovely to go. And, yeah, if anyone has any questions, obviously, about sort of like what I've spoken about, but just this triangle of being Black, LGBT, and also Christian, it's a difficult triangle to be in. Um, but it is also a triangle that I have loved being in for the six years that I have been out. And I am honestly a stronger person for it. And I just want to thank everyone in the LGBT community that I know as friends. Um, so shout out to a lot of my mates, Sam, Adam, um, you know, my mates, Rose, um, Sarah, 
and there's so many others that I honestly just want to thank you so much for the love that you've given me. Um, I honestly just can't thank you all enough and the Christian community that has accepted my LGBT side, I also appreciate you there. And just in general, the black and LGBT community and understanding where I'm coming from in terms of the fetishization and just the triangle itself. I just want to thank everybody um, just for your support. And I also just want to, as, as we're getting to the end as well, thank everybody who's listened to this and got to know me for the person that I am. There's there's more to me and, you know, feel free, feel free to message and and get to know me. I would I would love to um listen and 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 get your uh, feedback and viewpoint on things i said as well it'd be lovely to have a lovely conversation and i'd love to thank paolo for this amazing opportunity to just have some really good deep uh felt and harsh and uh traumatic (laughs) um things that i know that i've gone through but also um being able to shine and stand as a woman that i am today and with my with me actually just having my birthday, I just thought actually this is tied in really well just to acknowledge the things that I have gone through and just be thankful to to God and to all the others who have just been so supportive and helpful in these, especially these last few years, but just throughout my life, I just want to say a massive thank you and love to you all. Yes. Babes, you've been absolutely gorgeous. Give it up for Jazz Keys, everyone. My special guest on Tea Time today. Yes. Um, before was it? Before I ask you one last question, did you realize Lady Bunny was listening? Hi, Lady Bunny, if you're still around. Hi, massive yes. if ladies if lady bunny is uh, listening listen girl we've met before we've spoken so if you're still in the room honey like give us a little voice note say hi you know what i mean before we get uh, log off but i wanted to ask you quickly jazz how was your tea time experience before we go oh my gosh i feel like i'm urging i got all over again um definitely <laughs> uh, yeah feels like my very first time goodness me um, do you think no, some people honest, would describe tea time as therapeutic? Do you believe it was therapeutic for you? Um, it was. It it was in some senses, but then also in other senses, like it's just made me realise that there's so much more work to do and to better myself. Like I'm not there yet. I'm always a person where I'm like I'm not there yet, and that's not anything to do with you or anything to do with um your um presenting or anything like that. It's just made me like I'm a very sort of go-getter active like I want to do better I want to be better person and if anything it's just made me realize today that there's some bits that I still need to you know tie the knots on and dot the i's and cross the t's on and if anything you've made me realize that more as I've been speaking to you so I just want to say a massive thank you to you for this very lovely therapeutic but also eye-opening and challenging conversation that's made me go I want to do better. I can do better and I can elevate myself even more. Let's go foot on the pedal. We can do it. And I just yeah. want to pray everybody else as well to do that as well. Is that you can do it. You can make it and you're going to do awesome. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. 
Once again, guys, give it up for my special guest, Jazz Keys, everyone. Thank you. And listen, guys, if you are listening right now who are from stereo, don't be afraid to listen to the full episode that is going straight to Spotify and it will be available for you guys worldwide tomorrow. So check out the episode, this episode with Jazz Keys. Uh, she was talking about her life, going in depth with it, with myself, Paolo Pereira. And also, guys, don't forget to follow both of us on the stereo app there's just a little button it's a yellow button you know just give us a little click a little follow you know and also our social medias are activated on our profiles so give us a little follow over there because we're the motherfucking tea honey and you know what i would tell you why i am the spice of stereo and i go round and round and round and i make your life amazing honey just like spicy and beautiful so give him a follow he deserves it he's awesome he works his ass off for a brilliant platform so go you keep doing you paolo i want to really keep inspiring you and pushing you to keep going you can do it not just with tea time but with your business as well you're awesome i love the energy i i think that's why i wanted to do the tea time with you as well is because i could just see that go getter energy within mm-hmm. you like you're you're very active and i i just you know i just implore you to to carry on and keep doing you, you you've got it you, you've yeah. got it okay guys we're leaving and loving you have a great morning have a great afternoon have a great evening wherever you are in the world <laughs> and guess what stay spicy love you jazz bye bye